All right, let's talk fast. I want to turn that air, uh, turn that fan back on. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> it is crazy hot. It's not as bad as it was when I first got over here earlier. I can't talk fast. Well, maybe you can talk loud. I did just then. Did you? You're not even what? facing the microphone though. It's because germs. You have mic hog. Y'all up in it? I'm as far from it as you are. My voice just Whatever. carries. It's like a selfie. You got to scoot in real close. Are we, do you think, is it, it's entirely possible that we will have our, uh, not annual, that's yearly, our third bi-weekly drunken outro? Should I go ahead and apologize? We haven't recorded it yet, so I don't, I don't know. think we should apologize. No. Say, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> Just expect it now. Yeah, because we're, uh. Well, I guess we'll see at the end of the show. We haven't, we haven't got that. We're actually, as of right now, we're recording the show in order. We're, uh, slightly We're starting better. the show with the first of the show. Yeah. 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 We're slightly better when we're slightly pickled. <laughs> I guess in some ways. <laughs> well, not better, more entertaining. What's well, like when, when you're hanging out with uh, one of your friends and your friend is drunk and you're not? That makes them like even more annoying. Like it, you wouldn't be annoying if you were drunk too. What I'm saying is everybody should drink this. Listen to this if you're of age and you know there, not driving. There's a difference. Or not operating heavy machinery. Annoying drunk and just. Silly goose Funny drunk. Silly goose drunk. Yeah, we're silly goose drunk. Yeah. Not right now. No. We got a bunch of stuff happening for the road to 100. We need to push the mask giveaway really big. We haven't gotten a lot of people calling in about that. No. Um, but you, you you can win a Deadpool mask if you call our line 662-305-9783. I have it memorized now. You could do because I don't. <laughs> I'm pretty I'd, sure that's it. Maybe that's why nobody's I just got <laughs> nobody's entered the contest because I keep giving out the wrong number. But like, uh, call us, leave us a voicemail. You'll be in the drawing for a Deadpool mask. Uh, we're setting up second and third place winners for that too. Uh, it won't be a mask, but um, we got like uh, a Stranger Things baseball cap. We've got the graphic audio um, audio book on CDs that they sent us to give away. Um, some. Real pop culture stickers, Road to 100 stickers now. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like them. There's there's a bunch of other stuff. I I can't remember off the top of my head. I'll I'll put more out there about the second and third place winners. But I, I hate it. Like, it, you know, I don't like to disappoint people. So it's like you got like three chances to win. You know, like your yeah. chances are you may not win the grand prize, but you, you at least walk away with something. You know, the top three people anyway. Yeah, we'll do three drawings. You know, and three people will win. Three drawings. Yeah. How are we going to do the drawings? Same way we always do. Facebook Live. Facebook Live. That way they can see us, you know. We, it would be weird if we just, you know, did it and announced the winner. You know, they think we were cheating or something. I've actually thought about Facebook Live in a podcast one day just to, like, set it up over to the side and just have yeah. us, like. Yeah, we're going to do that one day. But the problem is, at this exact location, of course, internet. my internet sucks. And, you know, the cellular isn't that great either so that's why um, we always come in pixelated i promise we're not like bigfoot we're not just like i have one giant square eye i really look like a focus blurry people maybe one day when we're at uh in the Town at uh this guy's house drinking scotch out of glencarns we can uh, do it over there because he has good internet hey anthony tell them about what we're gonna do on episode 99 or maybe 98 uh we're gonna we're gonna interview ourselves and that's going to be cool. I like that. Idea. We're going to have us on our show as a yeah. guest. Because normally we're not here. Because, <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, especially on the outros. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to, I don't know, kind of, hopefully, 
This, I guess this would be a good way to like kind of play it by ear right now. Uh, for people to like call in or Facebook messages and ask us questions about how the podcast is going that they don't uh, that they're curious about how it got started and how all of us got together and doing this crazy thing. See, that would actually be awesome if we had decent enough internet where we could do the Facebook Live thing. Yeah, because we get those them, get those like, comments, just ask the questions, and do the comments and stuff that way. Yeah, we're gonna try something like that, but we needed to give it a test run first. But going back to the ninety-eight or ninety-ninth episode thing, it was your idea basically to give, which I've I've kind of here and there hinted around at our origin story, but I've never gone into detail about how the podcast got started and how it went from what it was or what we thought it was going to be to what it is now and right. you know the journey the journey the rundown and you know like um if y'all have listened to like the first 50 episodes on the 50th i did like a breakdown of each show like a brief you know what we did like a, a recap that's what i'm looking for we recapped yeah i'm gonna recap all 100 episodes all 100 of them <laughs> yeah Why don't you start for 50 and go up yeah, I should probably do that. If they want to hear about the first 50, they could go listen to the 50th episode, right? There you go. See? When we play, we learn. You don't have the boost on Yeah, you do. Good job. I'm going to turn y'all's gain up a little. Okay. Like when I was listening to what I can't remember which one it was, what episode it was, uh, you was talking about, I don't know if it was on a podcast or a Voxer. We're talking about where everybody was from, listening from, what regions and areas. and. Yeah, geographically. What, geographically. What if we got people to, like, hey, I'm from here. Like, where That would be great. That would be great. That I mean, that's kind of what the call-in line is for, because I wanted people to, like, yeah. to call in and say hello and stuff like that. Yeah. But nobody hardly ever does. I don't know how to say I am here, I'm from here in another language. Right. But, but if... Would they be listening to this if, if they understand? If they don't speak... If yeah. they understand it enough to listen to it, I'm sure they could speak it. But I would want them to say it in their language. That would be... Because we had to figure awesome. it out. Yeah, that's Google. true. Or say it in American and English language, and then say it in theirs, yeah. or vice versa. Yeah. If you're listening to us, in an, if you're listening to us in another country and you know another language, do that. <laughs> Call and, us and leave us a message. And send us some beer from where you're from. Send us yeah. some beer from where you're from. <laughs> oh, speaking of which, John Gibson, shout out to them. You know, he's he's been doing a lot to help with uh, promoting Kill J and Real Pop Culture both. Um, you know, he always does his, his Facebook Live stuff, and he was drinks his moonshine right. or whatever. But he he told me the other night on there he was going to send us some. He's got something wanting us to try. Okay. So. Well, I think we should send him some beer. We, don't, we can't make whiskey, but we can send him beer. Yeah. I was going to ask you about that. Is it, I mean, I know it's illegal, and I'm not worried about that, but. <laughs> can we not just like. Will the beer stay I mean, it's just going to Louisiana. It's not uh, yes, that far. it can because I mean, I don't, I don't want it to get flat. You could stick it in. Uh, there are ways you can send it because like I mean, styrofoam cooler top. If we had to send it to a, a homebrew competition for a for a judging, it would have to be at its peak. You know, at the, you know, it had to be a good beer when it got there, not. Because if we bottled our own beer, I could see how that'd be fine. Right. But we don't. Uh, we, we it's already carbonated when we pull it out of the keg, right. and so there's a really Short, I'm, as short much time as there. much as I hate bottling, I can because I hate bottling. It sucks. I don't. I'll do. No, it. no, yeah, no, Bring because, because you it. haven't bottled any. Well, I haven't. You're right. I haven't bottled as it, much as you. But I have. Sucks. 
It sucks. I've got a, I used to make wine, and I don't even drink wine. Right. But I had to cork all the bottles, and that uh, was a pain in the ass. And you can send them. You really got to get down on those you, things. You, yeah. You, you bottle them to send off to homebrew competitions, and we'd have to do it in that kind of way. Well, see, I want to bottle some anyway out of each batch just to, to hold it off. Back. I, I would, I you go, think, hey, you know, remember when we did this? Right, dude, we would do a five-gallon keg. And I think if we start doing uh, maybe six, seven-gallon batches, because we had the equipment to do it, uh, we can go ahead and do those batches and that extra couple of gallons we could just bottle. And it would, you know, just for, because it sucks. I got people that work want to try the beer, and I got to waste my growler for a little while and take this chance to not, not bring me my bottle back. Yeah, and we go through enough bottles out here, the pop tops, we can save them. We can save those and recap them. And uh, it would be helpful in, like, a situation like this. Like, Johnny Blunder, he's, you know, he's sending him a beer and he's drinking on the air. Send him a couple, yeah. Send him a six-pack or something. I can bring something to work or whatever. You can bring something to work. Uh, No, I can't. And if anybody that I work with is listening, I do not do that. You can't bring that to work? Uh, No, they frown on that big time. Did they they frown on Yeah, it's it's grounds for immediate dismissal. Uh, In my job, too. But I, bring, but, you do it anyway. but I bring it to my boss. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you're good. Yeah. Um, we're still working on the details. I think we're honing in a little better on the 100th episode throwdown. We're going to have some kind of public thing, event for the 100th episode. It's definitely going to be recorded. It's going to be a, on the show. Or maybe a show all to itself. Gonna definitely shoot for some, you know, video stuff. Yeah, maybe some Facebook Live. Uh, we're still nailing down the location. We, we we've narrowed it down, but we're still working out all the details. We're gonna try to get some appearances. We're gonna try to get a lot of our listeners, especially the local ones, to come out and hang out with us and uh, try to have you know fun. Beer pong. What? Beer pong. What oh, did you say? Oh snap! A beer pong tournament would be amazing. Yeah. Beer pong tournament. I know a couple of guys. I know a guy that's pretty good at that game. Yeah. I wonder if we could do like we did the last time. Like you make a shot and I make it the same cup. <laughs> we did that like two times in a row. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, I need about five more minutes, so let's talk about something real quick on this intro before we jump well, to the We need – It. I don't know who, as far as people listen to the show, I know people listen to the show. But I don't know what their niche is, the reason why they listen to the show. Whether it be comics, just us being goofy, uh, has to do with the beer or what. Uh, we need a beer to make. Yeah, we need some suggestions. Yeah. We need a beer to make. Uh, we make a good point because what I've always hoped for, and this will go into the origin story thing. Uh, when the podcast first started out, I was really gearing it more towards local music than anything. But... It was really surprising and disturbing to me how quickly I ran out of local bands. And I'm yeah. constantly still seeking them. And, you know, I'll play any local band on here at any time. But then I realized that that well's going to go dry. So we started just doing, talking about everything we like to do and everything we like. And it just became an everything show, uh, which is, I like that. But the problem with an everything show is people might look at the description and go, well, they're talking about brewing beer and I don't really care about that. But, right. you know... You come for the comics and stay for the beer. You know, come for the us talking about movies that don't suck or Star Wars or whatever you do like. Come for that, but stay for the other because you might see that no matter what we're talking about, it's still good. Yeah, right. Like you told me last night, uh, we both listened to the, the Joe Rogan podcast, and I tend to steer away from the MMA shows because I just don't care about people sitting around talking about fighting. But like all of his other stuff, I like. 
But it's like you said last night, a lot of times he'll have an MMA person there and not necessarily talking about fighting. No, 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 yeah. they, I mean, it's a it's a long podcast. I mean, you can't. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, which I like MMA stuff, but it was, it's like it's like pro wrestling. I love wrestling, but I found out real quick that sitting and listening to two or three guys sitting around talking about wrestling for two and a half hours, it's, it gets yeah. tedious and, and kind of boring, frankly. That's why I like Chris Jericho's show and Steve Austin. And a lot, a lot of the wrestlers are sort of like us. They interview anybody. Yeah, like just talk. Movie stars, yeah. rock bands, wrestlers, it don't matter. They, they just, just happen to be a wrestler that's yeah. doing a podcast. So it's not like a wrestling podcast where they just talk about, hey, you remember this match? You remember that match? You remember when that guy did that? You remember when that guy did that? Uh, it's sort of like the MMA thing. Like I, I wouldn't want to listen for two and a half hours of people just reviewing fights. Even though I like UFC. I don't want to hear somebody talk about it for three hours. Right. You know? Yeah. What have you been doing, Jern? Making masks. What's your deal? Making masks still. Got some uh, new suggested stuff people are hitting me up about. I've got three new ones that I've got to try to tackle. So I'm hoping to get to work on them maybe later this week. Is it a secret? No. I mean, uh, one of them is uh, a Wolverine mask. Which I tried to do one of those one time before, and it looked weird to me. Mm-hmm. And Emma walks in and sees it, and she goes, oh, Hulk girl. I was like, there you go. <laughs> this Hulk girl. But, I mean, it was just a, a trial and error. Trial and error. But I've got a Wolverine one to do. I'm going to do Ant-Man, and I'm going to do the Wasp. There you go. And Ghost. Ghost. Okay, I told you you had to we're do gonna, it. We're going to figure out Ghost, and we're going to do it, too. Who's Ghost? The bad guy character, bad girl character on uh, Ant-Man and Wasp. Oh, I haven't even seen that. Oh, she looks my awesome. Lord. Is is she from the comics? I, I don't yeah. much I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know much about the comics on that either. But I just seen. It I bought a Marvel comic. I, I bought a couple of Marvel comics recently. Yep. I see you got the. Uh, well, I got the Infinity Gauntlet graded, but uh, I bought a Deadpool number one. Oh, did you? Uh, the new series. Oh, okay. Saturday and read it, and it's really good. So now you'll be a Deadpool. Now I'm going to be buying every. every <laughs> Speaking one. of comic books. I actually got a chance earlier today to sit down and read that 1974 uh, Superman comic that you got me the other day. Yeah. The writing back then was so much different than it is yeah. now. It's but real wordy. Those old yes, comics are yeah. like, it's a lot of reading. Yeah. Yes, but it... The... And they're weird. The artwork. Golden also, Age was weird. The artwork was, was also... Was that still Golden Age or was that Silver? That was that's Silver, silver Age. I, don't know. Uh, I think that's yeah. probably Silver. But yeah, it's Silver Age. Age. I don't know, but... But even the artwork was different on that. But I know you and me were flipping through one page on it. It was like, look at Superman right there. I mean, he looks like a badass. I mean, he just... It was... It was a great read. You know, I, I, I like appreciate the, that. The simple artwork from the old comics. Well, I like the, the way the... The, the comics now, the artwork tells the story as much yeah, as the as words as do. As you, as like, the words. Like, they hang back on the words and let the art... But, and that's why I love comics, because I, I like to read stuff, and I like art, and it's both. I think uh, Todd McFarlane turned a page on that when he started doing his artwork. I was like, good God, we got to step up our game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm not going to argue with you on that, because I noticed <laughs> I, I was reading Spawn pretty heavily in the 90s, and like you would see a shot of Spawn like overlooking a, a le- like from he was looking down from a building and his cape his cape would be yeah. like all whipping in the it, wind his cape it, is it as much a part of him it's like a centerfold it would take up yeah it would take up the whole panel well then if you start re- looking at the Batman comics his cape they started exaggerating yeah, yeah. like that yeah. so you could tell they kind of said hmm that looks cool we need to it's Tommy Farge's Spider-Man 
is, is yeah awesome. I've got some Tar McFarlane Batman books too oh really yeah I bet those are they look awesome. cool yeah speaking of the Spawn stuff did you see where they're doing a remake of the movie I did and isn't Jamie Foxx gonna be he's gonna Spawn? be yeah but, be Spawn. but that's not a joke right but they're no. not gonna do uh, Simmons was his last name in the other he's, he's gonna have the same first name I'm trying to remember Al it was Al Simmons yeah it's gonna be Al Bundy I hope not <laughs> that would be, that would be awesome <laughs> um I can't remember, but they're changing the last name up on it a little bit, because, you know, I mean, when they do a reboot or something, they always got to change something up. But, uh, you know, I'm not opposed to it. I'm actually kind of excited about it. I don't mean to change the subject from comic books, but you said reboot. Yeah. And in comic terms, that means just redoing the same story, right? In a sense, yeah. Yeah, yeah you're just starting back over. Have y'all seen that? Bruce Willis movie called Death Wish. Yes. Yeah. You know that's like a reboot from the 1980s. Oh, yeah. Charles Bronson Death yeah. Wish. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. I thought it was another movie called Death Wish. Those were like the. Those are the badass. That was like that. our Die Hard. Uh, yeah, that was our we Die Hard kids. in the 80s. Like well, I'm watching Death Wish Part 18. Yeah. <laughs> Charles Bronson's gonna throw a car at somebody. <laughs> speaking of movies, you remember. Uh, the Superman Returns movie you got me, you know, we've talked about it in the movies that don't suck segment. Yeah. I sat down the other day to watch it again, and I was like, I still don't get it. I don't see why people hate this movie. What was so different much. about that copy that I got you? It was like a special edition or something. It right? had Superman 1, 2, 3, 4. So it was all, yeah, it was all yeah. of them together. Yeah, it yeah. didn't have part 5 in it, thank God. I think my memory erased that. Wait, no. There wasn't a 5, there was a 4. Yeah, 4. The 4 was with the silly solar guy yeah yeah he did have that one part five was a superman returns okay i was gonna say i don't i don't remember one that had five in the title yeah i only remember the four yeah superman three is pretty underrated i liked it it still freaks me out when that chick gets turned into a robot we were remember that superman three like with richard Richard Pryor. Pryor. oh yeah Oh yeah, freak me the hell out! Oh yeah, that was that's that was we weird. About that scared. Whoa. That ain't no CGI. Oh, that was whoa. She really turned into a robot. <laughs> she I really turned into a robot. They had to that kill was, her for that. That, that. was, that was she on, sacrificed herself for the movie. That was on TV not long ago, and me and Mark were sitting here looking at Mark. I, was, I don't know if I want to watch this part because I don't know if it'll be as scary as it was when <laughs> yeah, I was. Yeah, I was afraid kid. it wouldn't live up to my memory as a kid. But guess uh, what? We watched it. It's still creepy. I was the same way with Phantasm One because I watched it so young. Right. Yeah. Dude, I watched The Exorcist when I was nine, and it completely broke my mind. It still doesn't. <laughs> There's work. a guy that walks around Amor, and he walk, He's old. He broke the internet of my brain. He's old, and he's tall like that. He's old, and he walks everywhere. Well, he walks with a cane though. Yeah. And he walks around Amor. He's it's, he's two or three blocks from my house, but he walks around. And if I see him walking, like doing that crazy old man creepy power walk, if I say I'll 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 take a detour you're not talking about the guy that used to ride a pink moped on no. you uh, no he's old but he oh. he he does it i know you're i mean about. he's real tall but he get it but he's got a cane he does that big power walk like that guy in uh yeah phantasm i'm like ooh, uh, i'm you know i'll turn and laura go, where are you going i'm like well i'm just gonna go this way home because you know i can't say you know, right. i'm i'm scared of that guy yeah <laughs> yeah i think every small town needs that you know creepy old guy that walks around i wish had a lot well, not a lot. not creepy guys, but there's people that walk around. They, all the people, time. the charismatic guy. They you always to, wonder where they're going. They Forrest Gump on the pink scooter. We had, is an paint, odd character. We, we had the pink scooter guy. So what are we doing here? I mean, I needed I needed five more minutes. Y'all gave me like ten. So well, yeah. we're good, or we can keep talking. What you got? What um, else you got? What else you got there? Uh, I want to say this. 
Oh, Lord. Everybody has talked about the, the spider lager lately, but is it just me, or is that beer getting better and better every time it, I drink it? Oh, definitely. It's getting better. It's pretty good. I'm 100% I, certain I, uh, it's gotten better. And the thing about it is I put, you know, I run the, the Red to Brew Losophy, and I went with theirs, and I pulled it uh, basically a month earlier than I was supposed to. A month? A month. Seriously? A month. Well, now it's caught up. But uh, I was just wondering if I'd have just waited, and, you know, because I'm impatient. I'm going to drink beer. I'm going to drink it. That gum it. Gosh darn it. Oh. What's the other thing we were talking about last night? About trying to set up for the annual brew barbecue. You want to try to do that? We need to do a barbecue. What what time of year did we do the first one? It was when you had salmonella last year. Yeah. That was in July, I think. That's the only one we did? No, we did two. No, we done one. We done one. Oh. I guess we've brewed beer so many times. We've brewed beer. Since then, I guess. Yeah. We've been, brewed and we've grilled over here. but it Yeah, I mean, my, our whole life is a barbecue, basically. We have <laughs> And I'm not complaining. No. <laughs> we should have Kim back on here, though. Yeah, it's about to. Well, during the Road to the 100 thing, I mean, that's... Uh, it's, oh, it's, that's another thing I needed to talk about was uh, the stuff I'm lining up. Uh, there's one thing I, I, I had convinced myself to announce this today. But I'm going to wait because I might save this person for the actual 100th episode because it's such a big name. Okay. But uh, well, I'll, I'll tell y'all, but I can't tell everybody because it won't be a surprise. Right. Surprise, surprise, surprise. Uh, but rest assured, there is a, a, a some really cool stuff coming down down the pipe. Uh, I've talked with uh, Chuck Dixon. Yeah. He's going to be back on the show, and I'm super fanboy excited about that. Yeah. I was just thinking about after I talked to him um, – we emailed each other back and forth, and I was like, man, this is so trippy. Like, when when I was, I don't know, I was a teenager, sitting around reading Batman comics, and his name is on the cover of, like, 90% of the comics that I own. Yeah. I mean, he had, like he said on the the podcast, what was that, episode 9? 9. It was way back. He, he used to have the keys to Gotham City. I mean, he was, oh, yeah. the, he was like the mayor of Gotham. Exactly. <laughs> like, it was just trippy to me because I was, I was thinking to myself, okay... If I was to go back in time and tell my 15-year-old self, hey, this guy's, you know, that essentially created Bane, the character, or as he said, he, Bane has two daddies, you know, he created him and uh, the, the other guy drew him. But um, th- this, this guy that I was such a huge fan of his work that I would have a show one day, I'd have a podcast one day and, and have him on the show, I would have said... What is a podcast? First of all, you're supposed to laugh at that, but you're texting. Well, yeah, I'm doing what you told me to do. Oh, yeah, yeah, I told you. <laughs> you told me to text him. Yeah, do um, And, like, th- you know, I was probably, like, listening to a Striper album while I was reading the Chuck Dixon comics. And, you know, we had Michael Sweet on the show. <laughs> you, you know, like... Yeah, I was excited about that one, too. But I'm really, really looking forward to that because... Uh, Again, I'm I'm a huge fan. He's such an influence on on everything pop culturally that I'm into. Right. The real pop culture. The real pop culture. <laughs> I, I had to actually explain that on Facebook to somebody. Yeah, I noticed that. Yeah. All right, well, we're going to jump off here and go into the next thing we're doing. We're waiting on our special guest to arrive. It's so weird doing it in order. I've done the podcast out of order for so long, like... 
the next thing you hear is the next thing that we're going to do. It's like we usually do. And then when we get done, the last thing you're going to hear is the outro. Yeah, it's like usually we do the interview, then we get drunk and do the outro, and then the next day here lately you've been doing the in, the intros. Yeah, and we, we haven't implemented it yet, but we've set up a new schedule that's going to work out really good for me because Killjay, uh-oh, is really in full swing in the album stuff and i don't want i've decided not to let either thing suffer right uh, other than myself <laughs> i'll suffer but real pop culture and kill jay neither one's gonna have to suffer because of my lack of time to dedicate to both the only thing i'm gonna put aside is you know my own will to have a life other than those two things yeah so uh yeah, we're full swing into that, so we set up kind of a new a new schedule that I think is going to work out good because, you know, the, like we were just saying, the podcast usually one when y'all hear an episode that that was at least two or three different days. Yeah, like we'll like we'll do an interview, and the next day I'll be like, hey, we need to do that intro, or hey, we need to we need an outro for the the show we just did, and it'll be a totally different day or a different week. Well, you know, it's not like we're playing D&D during that time. Oh. <laughs> Man, you just got back in the room. You're getting ripped he's on. Got, yeah. He's got beautiful beer. Germs, germs, uh, mushroom-free chicken breast. Just got a mushroom. Got a, just got a mushroom. Just got a mushroom in it. Hey, we were just talking about, you know, brewing and, 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 and grilling. Tell them about what you fixed for us tonight. Yes. Want to go on the grill. Uh, go in detail, too, because I'm going really excited. Go in detail? I mean, you know, tell them. Take a picture of it. I mean, it looks good. It's a, that's uh, some professional looking shit. It is professional. Uh, I realized that today. It's like, why don't I, why don't I cook such complicated crap? <laughs> yeah, you do. Uh, yeah, it's all complicated. Like I even the simple stuff you did that you call simple is like way more complicated than yeah. the complicated stuff I do. It's like a, the crawfish bread? Crawfish bread. It's about that's time for some more of that. Did you try the crawfish yeah, bread? That is some yeah. good stuff right there. That's just uh, amazing. It's a, I got mushrooms and onions stuffed in a chicken breast wrapped in bacon. How do you stuff things in a chicken breast? Do you just cut it open and uh, shove it in there? You know how a chicken breast is tapered? Yeah. Just like a little pointy, like right, you got yeah. a fatty end and a pointy end. I cut a slit, like a pocket in the fatty end. Okay. Stuff it with the stuff. Fold the skinny end underneath. Okay. Wrap bacon around it. Uh-oh. Like that. And then tie it off with butcher twine, so it's like a nice little compact little cushion. Yeah, it looks like a pillow. It looks like a pillow. A fluffy little pillow. It's not a little pillow. A delicious meat. <laughs> a a tiny meat. delicious meat pillow. And uh, that's not a word I thought I'd use today. And, and I stuffed it with some uh, Italian seasoned Irish butter, which Irish that butter. stuff right there is awesome. That is, I want that on my toast. You know what's funny is <laughs> well, the butter. stuff yes. I used to make fun of is stuff that I'm eating now because oh, yeah. I'm trying to be all healthy. And I was like, grass-fed butter, that's just something they add to it. That's an, like an adjective they add just to charge you more money. That's stupid. Uh-uh. They call it ghee, G-H-E, or is it G-E-E or G-H-E-E or whatever? Uh, it's like the best way for me to describe, I tried to describe this to my dad the other day because he was asking me about it. I put it in my coffee. That's the way they make bulletproof coffees. It's got like uh, fats and butters in it. And uh, 
but it's basically the way to describe it is it's butter flavored butter because you know how like if you buy some cheap butter it's going to be like really watered down have you melted butter lately yeah, it's like, just water a lot of water, water. water content well this try, is like real buttery butter have you tried the irish butter no not yet oh we Lord. talked about this last yeah, night oh yeah i haven't brought him some yet. oh yeah i actually bought a whole extra pack and i forgot the to bring it with yeah it. it's in my refrigerator it's okay i'll let you i'll you, i'll excuse you to go home and get it i almost bought you some coffee I'll go today home and get it. you almost bought what me some can, coffee yeah what kind of roast did you like Believe it or not, most people look at me and think, oh, but he likes a really dark. No, I actually like a medium roast. Because a light roast is almost like a tea. Yeah. And a dark roast, uh, it's, it's, here's the funny thing about coffee really quick. I'll give everybody a lesson on coffee. Because I've, 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 uh, I've not brewed, uh, roasted my own beans before. I've made my own coffee, essentially. Yeah, there's a story to it's that. It's my fault. <laughs> you got blamed for that. Um, <laughs> But there's there's a couple of misconceptions about coffee, and I'll tell you one uh, one misconception really quick. You would think like as good as coffee smells that when you roast the beans in your house that it'll smell good. It does not. It smells like burning. If you're a burned wet grass, like you cut cut your yard yeah. and raked it up and burned like some grass that was. Oh wet. yeah, that's nasty. Yeah. It smells horrible. Um, another misconception is they they think the darker and the, and the more bold the flavor, the more like strong it is. But it's only strong in flavor, uh, but not in, in not caffeine. The caffeine actually kind of roasts out of the coffee a little. So a medium and a light roast will have more caffeine that than a dark. a dark roast. What's but, a, what's but a as French? far as palatability, can I say that? Yeah. A medium roast is better because it's the best of both worlds. It's like six. That's like 12 syllables. It's like 182 I just got syllables. I owe everybody a beer for that. Um, what's a French roast? I think you can you can have like a medium and a dark French roast. Yeah. Um, now a French press is a diff- totally different way of brewing. But I think coffee is French roast. Yeah, huh? That's it, French roast. You that's what you like? That's all it said. No, that's what it said. I don't drink coffee at all. No roast at all. I don't. I've, I've drank that, but I don't know what's really different. The really the only different it's in the coffees that I know about is like the different brewing styles. But you because uh, you got the the, the typical drip, and you got the percolator. And you've yeah. got the French press, which the French press is awesome yeah. because you submerge, like, the coffee goes into the water. Yeah, and you squish it. And then you separate, separate it. it. It's like a brewing Instead beer. Instead of it passing through, like it, it, actually, it actually abides with the water for a while. It's so like it a, really gets infused. It's like a single-step uh, mash infusion Yeah, with beer. There are similarities, especially in the washing process, to to coffee and to extract but it, it is definitely the, and I've got a French press and I use it from time to time it's actually cool to take camping because yeah, you, you, you don't know, need a coffee maker no, you all water. you need is hot water um, well we went to Tuesday morning today you know how they got high end stuff for cheaper prices mm-hmm. uh, they had some high end coffee it was like $8 a bag but they had what did you mar- call that dirt cheap for rich people yeah, yeah. it's like $8 <laughs> a bag but they had it marked down to like 3 bucks so I started buying I didn't, but I didn't know what roast you like I, I, would, bought, I would drink a French roast I always bought some salt because they had you know the, the Smoky Ribs guy, the, the food guy we watch. Oh yeah. Well, he sponsors. Well, they sponsor his pod, his YouTube channel, uh, Jacobson Salt Company. Jacobson, Jacob. Um, they're not sponsoring us, so I don't have to say it right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're not <laughs> obligated legally. I'm not obligated to say it right. But you know they they sponsor it and they make salt. They do these salts like flavored salts and stuff. And they had one that was infused with coffee. Oh, and I, can you imagine putting that on your steak? Yeah, well, you've tasted that smoke salt I had out that, here. Yeah, well, this is a salt with coffee grounds infused into it. So you put coffee. I mean, I've heard of people putting coffee grounds on their steak. 
to cook. I've never tried that, but I'm going to now. Uh, but uh, you bet yeah, your ass. but they, you just put this in. Yeah, I would. Yeah, they had a lot of smoked salts up there. They had cherry smoked, mesquite smoked, and hickory smoked salt up at uh, Tuesday morning. I use potassium salt now because it's like good for you, and it tastes just like salt. It looks like salt. It tastes like salt. So why would I? I'm not going to take your word for it because you said spaghetti squash tasted like pasta. You know what it I don't tastes? think I said it tasted. I said it had the consistency and the texture. You know what it tastes like? A squash pretending to be spaghetti. <laughs> well, I mean, that's basically what it is. <laughs> it tastes like what it is then. Does not taste spaghetti, like, at all. <laughs> well, if you're craving pasta, it scratches that itch. Like, uh, when I was doing the keto thing, um, the, the keto thing where I was not doing any carbs or whatever, like, I would eat, the, uh, like, the Halo Top ice cream. And I was like, they're like, is it good? Well, it ain't Blue Bunny, but it scratches the itch. It gets the job done, which I actually really like the uh, couple of the flavors. But Blue Bunny is awesome. <laughs> well, bring, duh. Blue, Blue Bunny, Bunny is, is amazing. Full of fat and, and <laughs> fried chicken and butter and Crisco and like everything <laughs> awesome. With bacon on top. It's got Have bacon in it. Batman, uh, kind of got at Walmart, huh? I just don't think Batman would taste good. It's I mean, very rich. It's way too chocolatey for me. I'm, I'm, I'm I mean, what what flavor is Batman? Batman is. Does he taste like justice? Cho- <laughs> he's chocolate fudge. Justice. But what I like is the little chocolate pieces that's in it actually look like little bats. Little bats or little symbols. Little bats. They look like bats. Oh, well, he is Batman. Yep. I wonder if Robin will get his own ice cream. I doubt it. Nightwing should get his. They're only giving it to the Trinity right now. I mean, you've got Superman, Wonder Woman, and Batman. Like, I wonder what Aquaman's ice cream would take. Like, like salt water? Like salt water taffy or some shit like that. I don't know, man. Which, I'm not a big sweets guy. I'm not either. Like, I won't... won't Like, if somebody... Like, if I was forced to not ever eat ice cream again, I wouldn't cry about it. Like, no, I have to have ice cream. I'm just... I want a Reese's peanut care. butter cup every now and then. Nah, and if you that's if you it. tried to take pizza away from me, I would fight to the death. Yeah. Our guest is on the way, but he's coming from like Aberdeen. Should I tell everybody who we're interviewing, or should I make no, it a surprise? Let's make it a surprise. Well, I'm going to tell them in the show notes, so they're going to know before they even listen to this. Oh yeah. You know Dr- what I mean? Drum roll. I'll dub in a drum roll. No, I won't. You don't like my drum roll. No, I don't. You sound like a pissed off cat trying to purr. Trying to purr. Like you're purring, but you're mad about it. I like the fact that you're petting me, but I'm still angry. (laughs) (laughs) So who's our guest? Not only only is he a Kill Pop Culture alumni, but a former employee of 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 Real Pop Culture. Well, it was Kill Pop Culture then, I can say Mm -hmm. that. Mr. Robbie Ross. I contacted, well, I stay in contact with him. Uh, we talk all the time, but I told him about the Road to 100 thing that we're doing, and I was like, I've already had Clint on, which he's going to be back on again. Uh, I was like, we got to get you back in here, man, like studio. Yeah. Face-to-face. And he's got a lot of stuff going on, so yeah, I'm sure we're going to have plenty to talk about. Oh, yeah, definitely. I went and hung out with him yesterday, and – might or might not have gotten a sneak peek of the new music video. Oh, the one that uh, you went to. Yeah, me and Sean went to it. I had to do like a little cameo spot in. It was... That's right. You and Sean were actually like characters in the video. Yeah. 
They, they are characters. I was, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I was going to ask if he had any new music he wanted to like debut. Um, sure, he probably does. You know him. Sure, I'm sure we could talk him into it. I'm sure. What are y'all doing over there? Taking selfies. Selfies. I mean, we were actually taking your picture. Taking a picture of my beard. Your beard? Yeah. Or your beer? Uh, both. The beer and your beard. He was comparing his beard to the, mine. Yeah. Because mine is not as epic as his. Mine ain't there yet. Just like All the right, lady. Well, <laughs> we're gonna jump off of here and we're gonna have Robbie Ross in the studio with us very, very shortly. So check out this commercial and you can time travel to the interviewer. And turn the fan back on. And let's turn this fan back on and get Mark a <laughs> fresh drink. <laughs> I wanted to take a quick minute to tell everyone where they can find real pop culture online in what we call The List. You just made The List! Thank you, Chris Jericho. You can go to www.realpopculture.com. That's our website. You can listen to episodes right there. You can download the Podomatic app, search for Real Pop Culture. You can download and listen to episodes there. Our Facebook account is facebook.com slash realpopculturepodcast. Our Twitter is at realpopculture1. We're on Instagram. Search for us there. We're on iTunes, Google Play. You have to go to Google Play Music and then search for Real Pop Culture. We're on Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Player.fm. All episodes are re-aired on The Edge Radio US, Wednesday nights at 8 p.m. You just made the list! You can go to advertisecast.com and find out how you, yes, you, can be a part of Real Pop Culture by way of advertising. You can give us a call on our voicemail line. That's area code 662-305-9783. You just made the list! And last but not least, you can always email us, popcultureforreal, that's the number four real, at gmail.com. You talk about a blast from the past. We've got an atomic bomb in this son of a yes, bitch. Yes, we do. Mr. Robbie Ross blowing it up, girl. What's up, everybody? <laughs> How's that for an introduction? Yeah. I just came up with that on top of my head. That's pretty Look good. Look at me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, before we get started, Rob, I, I, I need to tell you this. Because in real life, like this is real life here, me and you are like the bestest of best friends. But on the Fitbit app... I'm your mortal enemy. Yeah, we're like I live to destroy you, and ninety percent of the time I fail at that. <laughs> You've been like seriously just destroying like some running, walking. Do you ever take a break? I was uh, on vacation last week, and uh, even my sister, she thought she was gonna pull a fast one, so she challenged me to a daily goal and no a pun step intended. off. And uh, little did she know. Now this is by default. I had vehicle trouble while I was there. So we thought, well, that's okay. We'll just park the vehicle when we're downtown. So I was like, we'll just walk wherever we go. So about 20,000 steps later, my <laughs> sister's texting me saying, you're supposed to be Take on vacation. <laughs> Why do you keep walking so much? But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's the dude in me, but... Uh, I I uh, if I see someone getting ahead of me, I'm I'm stepping it up, man. That's some pretty like literal healthy competition, though. Yeah. Like literally healthy. <laughs> you were you were literally in like Gatlinburg, right? I was in Gatlinburg. Yeah. yeah. Right. So I mean, you can pretty much walk anywhere you need to. And go. we were walking up like big, you know, we were walking up sides of mountains. Yeah. And, you know I mean, so it was not just miles. I was in steps were putting in. I was putting in an incline too. Did you, Did you go to the Believe It or Not Museum? Uh, it was closed down. Really? Uh, but we went to uh, believe it or not, it was closed. Believe it or not, <laughs> they were remodeling it. Uh, but the uh, Guinness Book of World Records was open, and we did that. And the uh, Motion Theater, and the biggest attraction, of course, is the aquarium. If you've never been to the aquarium, oh, that's yeah. really really cool. 
Um, did, you, did you see any bears? Yes, uh, right outside our hotel room, actually. Yeah, every time we went. The last night we were there, actually, and uh, and uh, I was we were like five floors up, and looking down, it was just like directly below us, and it went through the floor of the hotel room, and then we ran through our room to the balcony and saw it like by the pool, and it was chilling. Nobody bothered it, and there were people out in the parking lot too walking. It was like, hey, look, a bear, no big deal. Bear didn't bother nobody. Nobody <laughs> bothered the bear. We're cool. No food here, so it moved on. It was pretty cool. It was huge, too. It was a really big bear. I went to the low head dam, and uh, I was fishing out there, and I saw an alligator. I was like, holy shit, that's a godless killing machine right next to me. <laughs> like, this is a big deal. Well, by the end of the day, it's just like, hey, there's another alligator. Because yeah. like, they don't really, they're not really concerned with you unless you at a place like that there you know i'm sure where you were at too but a place like that they're acclimated to people right yeah but that that's still no you know no reason to not think that that thing will snatch your ass up and eat you oh yeah it could completely destroy your life in in an instant just if it felt like it i was like yeah there's a bear it's cool because i'm five floors up (laughs) so i think that would bother me more of being five floors up because i don't like so, I think, uh, I so you would rather be ground level with a bear yes. <laughs> that can kill your face just because it feels like it rather than being five floors up on a secure platform. Yeah, because I don't deal with vertigo very well. Wow. That's not vertigo. That's vertical. <laughs> no, I get vertigo when I'm that high up. Vertigo when you're vertigo. Five floors? <laughs> Like, I mean, I'm not scared of heights. I'm not, like, exactly comfortable. Like, I literally cannot stand on top of a roof and look down without messing with me. I guess I can't talk much about that because, like, if I see a spider, I'll pick up the person closest to me and throw them at it and tell them to kill it while they're flying through the air. Which has been me multiple times. Land on that when you fall. (laughs) And if you have some fire to put on it, that would be great, too. That's what I always want to do to Patrick Colley. So, Pat, if you're listening, you know. When I see spiders, I'm just going to throw you at them. Are you arachnophobic too? <laughs> Not me, no, but, but he, he is. is. <laughs> oh, okay. So you're going to throw him towards the yeah, spider? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just, to, just to see him have a heart attack. Yeah, that's what would happen if it was me. <laughs> so but going this, back to the... Go yeah, ahead. This is awesome. I'm, uh, I, I was thinking it's like, as I walked in tonight, the man cave is so much the same, but it's so different. It's a lot nerdier, isn't it? It's... it's it's taking an awesome new shape. I love it. It's, it's taking cool. a very dark yet nerdy turn. Mm-hmm. The only thing dark in here is the picture of Sean with Luke Bryan. <laughs> Luke Bryan, yeah. <laughs> I don't consider this stuff nerd stuff anymore. When people talk Lord of the Rings or you know even Game of Thrones or comic books, it's just it's so much of a normal conversation for me today with almost everybody that it's no longer even nerd talk anymore. It's just like you know I talk band music and comics that's about all i, I talk, you talk to because everybody i talk to about it, like, I'm a nerd. Yeah? yeah well maybe i work with a bunch of nerds. everybody yeah. has these weird lines in the sand with with because everybody has their nerd we've talked about this many times well, so many mainstream everybody's a nerd about something out, yeah and like you can be having a conversation with somebody and they'll be like yeah man i love the new marvel movie and uh i loved infinity war i love the deadpool i love the batman v superman and justice league and I'm like, yeah, I watch Doctor Who. <laughs> nerd? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, where's the... the well, it's like what nerdism today, I don't think this generation of people really knows what it's like to you 
like something and be passionate about it, and then someone else will want to kick your ass for it. They've never experienced they nerd oppression. <laughs> like today, they'll, they'll kick your ass because you don't have the latest tennis shoes or you don't have the Beats headphones or something like that. But back then, if you told someone you played D&D, I mean, yeah, yeah. you can pretty much sure that out back schoolhouse you're gonna get your get it handed to them but what's luckily i was a wrestler in high school i wrestled other kids so that that they were they didn't take me on i was a little little kid but i could take down big guys so they just made fun of me and kind of snickered you know so i I was a weird hybrid nerd because i played football Mm. and i looked like a lumberjack but I watched Doctor Who and read comics, so like yeah. no, nobody could ever really figure me out. Well, you know that used to be the solution to being a nerd. It's like you'll be a nerd for so long, but then all you do, oh, just start a band, and then it's excusable at that point. You know, usually musicians were the exception. Yeah, uh, we're, we're always pretty eccentric. Like you said, a hybrid. That was a good. Not to good be excused with being in the band in high school. Yeah, being a band. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We've had that talk. You and me both played trumpet. Touche, touche. I was. When I say I was a band nerd, that's what I'm referring to. And trust me, I was. I was a, I was a trumpet really? player. Really? Huge... Can you still play the trumpet? Uh, no. Like, if I gave you a trumpet right now, you couldn't do anything on I it. I could make a note, but I couldn't. Could you play taps or something like that? That's fine with people. I can. Well, just call me out yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just totally wreck my... Um, I can, I'm just proud that I remember the, the B-flat scale. Yeah. For real. Well, um... <laughs> Pomp and Circumstance, that's the one. Uh, uh, yeah. Da, 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 no, that's not. What's it called? That. Uh, dur, 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 dur. Reveille. Yeah, yeah. Can oh, you Charge. Play that? That's the Charge. Da, da, da. That's, that's my bugle, too. That's a bugle. Oh, that's military sounds like a bugle. Well, it's a wind instrument. <laughs> All right, I want to really We're reveal how, here. how nerd I was. I was in the Boy Scouts, and they made me the, trump, the bugler. Uh, oh, okay. I had a bugler badge because I would get up every morning and wake everybody up with my bugle. So I had to learn like 15 different bugle calls. So you can play a wind instrument too? Yeah. I was wow. a linesman trumpet well, it's player. Good. It's considered a brass instrument. Well, you blow into it, yeah, so I'm going to call it a wind instrument. instrument. They consider like it's not a string instrument. That's the difference. Clarinet. You think you could play bagpipes? I think you're saying like getting confused with uh, or saying woodwind. There's well, woodwind, woodwind and there's brass. brass. Yeah. yeah. Can I play what? what, what could you think you could play bagpipes? I think I can. Yeah, I've got a I chanter. Mean, I never had to. You know, the chanter is the precursor to the bagpipes. Right, right. Uh, the what's uh, uh, there's a lot of the bagpipe and the accordion are like brother and sister instruments, or they're distant cousins from each other. You just get the flow of air going, yeah. and then you make your notes separately from the flow of air. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I can do it. Of course, like anything else, you you have to practice at it. But I'm sure I can do it. Yeah, that's where I, that's where I've uh, came to on the the chanter. I, I bought the practice chanter because mm-hmm. I wanted to learn bagpipes because I look like I should play bagpipes like twenty four hours a day. <laughs> uh, the skirt. You don't have a skirt on. I would wear a kilt. I could rock a kilt, dude. You'll make take much life, but you'll never take. I could rock. A, admit I could rock a kilt. You, you know take I could. His freedom, but you'll <laughs> never get a tan on them legs. Outlaw tunes on outlaw pipes. Well, yeah, uh, I've got Stormtrooper white legs, but still. <laughs> I'm Irish, so. Um, no, I got the practice chanter, and I learned a few notes, like, but, it, yeah, it's, it's kind of tough, man. Expect, well, I had a cheap one. I've still got it around here somewhere. And, you know, it's sort of like playing a cheap guitar. Right. It's really hard to learn on a, on a piece of shit, which I did, <laughs> like, with a guitar. Probably why I'm still not really. Well, yeah, you got to upgrade to the full thing, because 
you know. There's a lot to that. There's a lack of bagpipers in this area. There, there is a lack of bagpipers, uh, but there's a lot to that because uh, each pipe, like you have what what, uh, if there's any bagpipers out there. First of all, they'll be mad for us calling them bagpipers. <laughs> um, they'll 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 be upset and correcting me. But there's like three, I think three drone pipes. They play the same note all the time, and then you have the chanter that comes out of the other pipe. And when you blow, you're just keeping the bag full. Right. You're pushing down with your arm mm-hmm. to make to make the pipes. But all all of those pipes have to be tuned every time you play it. Right. Like you have to adjust them. And that's the thing is like you think that you the, the notes are coming from your mouth and they're not. You're just no. filling the bag. Just, that's what I mean by that's one yeah. of the accordion and the, and the uh, bag pipes are distance cousin. And oh, by the, the way, the uh, the International Bagpipers Association, they're on the line. They're on the line, and they're, and they're not, not happy. Especially one of those spotologers. Yeah. Tell them, Rob, you tried our, our spotologer. Dude, it was great. All right, I was some um, kind of like uh, during the uh, Supernatural episodes. I'm sure y'all wrote tuned back way back then when we had those. I was the, the skeptic, you know, yeah. and I was willing for someone to prove me wrong, but I was the constant skeptic. Well. I think that my opinion about uh, this brew is pretty a legitimate uh, opinion because a I'm not a big beer drinker. That's right. I'm not a huge, and I and I I haven't been able to acc- acclimate myself to some of the dark brews like most other people. Now, having said that, that was one of the smoothest went down really fast um, beers I ever had, and I would not have believed that was a home brew. And, uh, and of course, I had to, what we missed on the podcast is when I pulled up, I mean, I totally got a whole history lesson on that one particular brew. Yeah, I wish y'all would have uh, recorded that conversation. Yeah, it was really cool. So, uh, <laughs> uh, of course, that made me appreciate it so much. But uh, um, I would I would go as far as saying I probably dig some of that homebrew better than, you know, some of the stuff you can buy in the store. It was really good. Good job, guys. Thank Amazing. You. you should come out. Next time we brew a beer, to see the process. Yeah, hang yeah, out with us. How it's brewed. Brewing beer is not that hard, but, especially it, if you have an Anthony. And I'm, I'm a first-hand <laughs> witness, guys, that not only did um, did uh, do, do they talk about it on previous episodes, if you listen to any of the episodes of Real Pop Culture, previously known as Kill Pop Culture, uh, if you listen to some of the previous episodes where they're talking about their brew, um, and they're, they're talking about it's fully self-sufficient. I'm not kidding. They took me back out back, and they showed me where they're growing um, the, uh, the, hops. The, the hops. And then they actually used grains from previous brew to fertilize the new hops. This is really cool, guys. I'm impressed. I really am. It's cool. I just think it's cool that we're, we have an AKA, otherwise known as Kill Pop Culture. We have street cred now. Yeah, all right. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, kill pop culture has so many fans that they just don't know what this real pop culture really is. Yeah, it's like I said, right when we changed the name, you can take a a coin out of your pocket and scratch the aluminum-type film on the top of the real pop culture name and kill pop culture still there. We'll answer to either. (laughs) But what's funny is, and it's going back to what we were talking about earlier about the nerd culture, um, there was a time when pop culture was what the name was kind of 
uh, initially yeah, started about like yeah, the exactly. pop culture was what's popular, what's in the media, and it was terrible things like Honey Boo Boo and the the Kardashians, Kardashians. and then yeah. um, it's things that we definitely would want to do away with. And, Jersey Shore, and, yeah, Jersey Shore, and, and all that kind of shit. But now it's like the name almost was counterintuitive of what we are because. Yeah. Now the number one movies in the box office are comic book movies. The number one TV shows are comic book based. I mean, like it makes you wonder how long this is going to last. But even I was alluding to that earlier. I was like, you know, this what what was cool to us back then is cool to everybody now. Yeah. So, uh, and so we're no longer the minority, if you can say. So now it's well, it, it's a good question, Germ, because now you have this weird thing. Because back then, you either weren't a nerd or you were. Yeah. Now you have divisions and classes of nerds. Yeah. Like, there's nerds oh, yeah. that would think we are stupid because we're not near nerdy enough. Yeah. It's yeah. like the, It's like the only... Uh, uh, the only anime and manga I keep up with is the like the underground shit. Like, you guys are just... You know, y'all are into the y'all are into the mass-produced bubblegum media of of nerddom, and I'm like, really? So have we gotten that yeah. far that like there's classes of nerds and the different they they rival one another because we well, used to be just one team that yeah. that shared the the inhalers with I, each other, I hate to say <laughs> the pocket protectors. Us guys in this room, because you've read comics, you've collected yeah, them over the years. We're the OGs now. We are, dude. I I was talking about earlier. I had a red box. Did you? Oh yeah. You had a red box, the D and D red box, the original, not advanced Dungeons and Dragons, just Dungeons and Dragons. I had a crayon with a string that you had to. Yep. And you had the uh, the die, the twenty sided die that you colored it in. That's the birth of the old school dungeon crawl right there. You know all that stuff. Like you remember, even in the eighties, they had the nineteen. 80s cartoon series Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, the, like that was all spin off because of Dungeons and Dragons. Well, a video game. Yeah, like a video game. And before we yeah. get to it, I would like to apologize on all, behalf of all the nerds for the Dungeons and Dragons movie, the first one that came out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was, uh, that was. Maybe this new one that's being rumored to be in production will make up for that. But that rumor's been going around for too many years now. I've yeah, been about a D and D movie yeah. reboot for. I haven't heard anything else from it, so hopefully that that gets off the ground. I want to get to all the stuff you've been doing lately and all the stuff with 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 Seeking Seven, but I'd be remiss if I didn't circle back because I, I'm I'm interested in uh, we're talking about that you, you've been on the Fitbit and running and right. getting into shape. You've lost a ton of weight. You look great, by the way. Thank you, thank you. And to boot, you've grown your hair back out, which <laughs> there's nothing there's nothing I can do about that. I can't I can't compete with you on that level. But what what have you been doing, man? Like, are, did you just decide just hey, I just want to get in like uber badass shape? Well, actually, now uh, I get a little personal, but I don't care. Um, I had a, a I never had dental problems ever, and I had a tooth to go bad, and I went to uh, the dentist, and they're like, okay, we're gonna have to do a, a root canal and and stuff like that. And uh, the day they did that, my blood pressure was like through the roof. And, what do you um, mean through the roof? It was a, I've had some pretty high numbers in my day. Oh, it was 168 over 110. And 110 they, is pretty rough. They didn't want to even do the procedure that day because my blood pressure was so up. And, and it wasn't even because most people were like, well, you probably got white coat syndrome or, 
or that uh is that a real thing it is actually it is it, i've had, I've had people it. in the medical field yeah. tell me both that it's not a thing yeah and, no and people is. get nervous and if you tense up in your heart mate imagine this okay think think of this uh, imagine if you're had a normal day and someone just hits you with some really shocking news and your heart just skips a beat and you're not the same for the rest of the day because you heard that news that's kind of the same thing it's a lower version of that if you go into the doctor's office it's anxiety you know, yes it's, it's a form of anxiety exactly yeah so yeah it's a real thing but i don't think i had that i think it was legitimate why do they take um, your blood pressure in the dentist well see office? last summer the flash forward a year before this is i got on a health kick and i actually lost weight and i was doing really good because my blood pressure was up being not as high but uh they wanted to put me on medicine for it and i'm like no i'm not doing that uh i'm, I'm going to take a natural approach to get it down so i hit the gym and i started working out and i did good but then i fell off the wagon and when i fed off the wagon everybody knows like if you lose some weight then when you fall off the wagon it seems to get, gain that and then some back oh trust me i and, know <laughs> and that's the shape that i was in at this particular i'm a living uh, yo-yo with weight at this uh particular uh um uh, dental visit that's the way i was i was i weighed more than i've ever weighed in all my life my blood pressure's through really because you've never been like fat like you've well, gotten thicker for me and my height you never had like you know? a gut like mm -hmm. well um to put it to perspective i mean i uh i was a um, 104 pounds and again, I never weighed that much in all my life. I'm usually it was under 104 pounds. 200. Oh, shit, I'm. See, they like, liquored me up pretty good before. <laughs> yeah. No, 200, 204 pounds. If you get any you want to do the outro with us. <laughs> 200, uh, 204 pounds, which is again uh, the most I ever weighed in all my life. And um, after that point, that's when I left the dental office, and I'm not going on blood pressure medicine. I'm just not. And uh, I know there's a healthier lifestyle I can approach. So I really took. I took um I took a real serious look of how I'm gonna drop weight. And so now I'm one eighty. So and since March first is when I the first week of March is when I started weight that's how much weight I've lost. Now my vacation week, you know, you know, I'm on vacation. So Oh I yeah, you gotta my, enjoy your vacation. But I did I, I still worked out, I still did a lot of steps and um You know, I found with that, I like you did traveling yeah, some of those hotel gyms are, are pretty decent. Yeah, yeah. I mean well I mean if you know, an elliptical, uh that's all you really need, you know. And my, my dumbbells <laughs> my advice for working out is this uh get your heart rate up, keep it there for at least twenty minutes or longer. That's all you really need because you burn enough calories and then you watch what you eat. You yeah. Um, so, um, but yeah, I'm taking it to a, even now that I'm back from vacation, I'm taking it to a, a new, even serious level. Now, uh, I, I have a goal that I want to get back to, I'm going to get down to what my uh, chart weight should be, what the doctor's office said I should be, which I always think those are unreachable goals. But um, it said I should be 138 by chart. So, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna try to one, accomplish the unaccomplishable. I'm gonna get down to my medical chart weight. I'm I think you would look down. sick if you lost that much weight. I would. Uh, matter of fact, I have a coworker. Like you're you're skinny now. Uh, a coworker had told me that he did the same thing. Now I only know him as his current weight, which he's pretty skinny, but he used to be really big. He said, but when he lost all his weight, he said people didn't even congratulate him or give him a pat on the back. They always ask him the same question. Are you okay? Are you sick? You know. Let me see and, those teeth. You doing meth? Yeah. <laughs> they asked him the same question. But um, um, 
him and I uh, have worked close together. Uh, I, he gives me a lot of good advice. And, and I'm telling you, I don't work myself so I can run three and a half miles without stopping at a, at a rate of about 12, uh, 12 minutes per mile kind of rate. Damn. Mm-hmm. And, but it's been hard. It has been hard. And I'm always proud of myself if I can do a mile in like 15, 16 minutes. Yeah. Uh, but of course, like I'm, said, I'm a little shy, six foot, and I weigh 250 pounds. It wasn't so that day one. A 15 minute mile is an impressive feat for myself. I was so bummed out because the first day one, I went to the track and I couldn't make one lap. I was. I was so embarrassed for myself. It's so hot, though, man. I could. Oh no! When I started running back in March, the weather was. I know, but how are perfect. you doing that now and just not literally just falling out of it? I don't know. Stroke? I think uh, I'm acclimated to the heat. Really? Um, yeah, because I've been running in it so much, and and believe it, now that it's gotten hotter, I like running more because it, it at least mentally, I sweat more and I felt like I get a stronger workout. I, it could be false. No, but, I mean uh, you're you're sweating. I felt out, like uh, you know, like um, like like I've had a, a, a couple hours in a sauna or something. I felt like a, I just I can't do the heat thing, man. The eating I thing can't. is the hardest. Um, I think that's the hardest bit of it is the eating thing and to stay with it. Um, so what's your diet look like? You could well, on- I call it the no rob diet, meaning no rob. You can't have that. Um, <laughs> um, it's uh, uh, no breads. Um, I totally dropped the sodas, no caffeine uh, at all, no caffeine. Okay, I'm glad you said that because I've heard a lot of people say that they cut caffeine. Mm-hmm. And I've yet to understand w- what does caffeine hinder as I didn't far cut as caffeine weight, for weight, weight loss. I cut caffeine to to help my blood pressure come down. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Because, see, I've, I've seen a lot of people. I, I can't do coffee. So a lot of people online, they're like, hey, uh, I cut this out and I cut that out. I'm like, yeah, I'll see why you did that. And then they'll go, I cut out caffeine and I'll go. Well, what scared me is that when I did cut caffeine, I realized I had a dependency to it. And I, really? And I was like, oh, I don't, I shouldn't have a dependency to anything. But I did. I couldn't go a day without having caffeine, without getting this crazy headache. Mm. So uh, I. Pepper? Uh, mostly Dr. Pepper. Yeah. yeah I was a Dr. Pepper holic. I mean, I had it with every meal, sometimes two or three for one meal, you know. You know what's funny about sodas? And everybody listening, before you tune out, I promise we're not going to talk about health and fitness much longer. I know that's not a hot topic on You know, show. one of my favorite uh, that you haven't done in a while is the do you even You live? know why I haven't done it in a while? Me and you did a whole show on physical fitness, and it was like <laughs> lowest downloaded, <laughs> least listened to show on our in our history can you hear and, that that's people it, turn it, off their iPods it, it, it hurts my feelings because like even though you can't tell by looking at me like that's a big mm-hmm. part of my life is like you think I'm fat now if I didn't work out and if I didn't watch what, what they I say ate, about I people would be who, I would literally be on 600 pound life what they say about people who make money it said the hardest thing about making money is keeping your money yeah you know the hardest thing about losing weight is keeping your weight that's that's even harder than losing your weight and that's why i made if you listen back to that old episode i made that comment i was like look you got to know mark through the years and the fact that he you have got your self down to this weight and you maintain it that's impressive and when people do that that's a legitimate source to listen to i've got a picture i need to post it online because like this was back before cell phones this was mm-hmm. an actual photograph and uh it was when I was 24. It was my 24th birthday party at uh, when I lived with Barry Pool in Amory. And uh, holy shit, I weighed like 330 pounds. That's one of my like my biggest. My face looked like a butterball turkey. 
Mm. It looked like you just took a turkey and sat it on the top of somebody's neck. <laughs> I was so fat. And of I course, honestly someone's believe... self-conscious about that. Yeah. Well, well, us, no, look, look, us looking back at it. Uh, look, Mandy uh, Thorne showed me a picture of you back when she used to come hang out at Wyman's. Uh, back when we used to have all the band practices and stuff over there. And you had like the short crew cut hair. <laughs> yeah. And you were like huge. And she's like, you know who this is? I was like, I have no idea. You were unrecognizable at that point. Yeah, well, I was 100 pounds more then than I am. I have now. a picture of you, Mark, uh, from way back then. Um, the one without the pants? Been, um, that <laughs> we, one too. We, we agreed. We weren't going to talk about this. That one too. You are. But uh, <laughs> you um, safe, right? it was uh, back in the days when Kill J had a guy named Terry in the band who played guitar, and you were holding up a little gorilla amp. Yeah, well, I really had the Hawaiian shirt hair. on. Yeah, exactly. I did Hawaiian shirts for a while. I thought yeah. it would be ironic. That it was, was actually it was actually just sad because <laughs> I actually looked like Hawaii, I mean, that <laughs> but was it, actually, but bigger. That was actually yeah. a basic cab. But if you look at that picture, you wouldn't think that's the same guy that I'm in the same room with today. I mean, that's true. Yeah, it is. It is funny because I'm actually literally fat right now. But when I start talking about physical fitness and dieting, and people look at me like, "Why the hell is this fat guy talking about dieting?" I'm like, "Well, you don't understand. You have no idea. Where I may be fat from. now, but I was job of the hut. Fat. I was actually a little bit envious when I walked up. I was like, "Dang, Mark's lost even more weight." And now I'm seeing that because I'm working so hard at it. I really am. I've, I've worked really – since March 1st, I've really worked hard. Well, look, it. It, the funny thing is, is like with Mark, he told me not long ago he had to go buy new pants. And he told me what mm-hmm. size he wore in the waist. These and are 32s. Like, and I'll wear a 31 because I wear mine one size bigger mm-hmm. because I drink a lot of beer and I'm starting to get a belly. So I'm wearing mine one size – Starting to? Yeah. <laughs> Well, I did just eat, so I got Ant Man belly going. I like calling skinny people fat. It's yeah. just a thing. But, but like for me, it's like when he said he was down to a thirty-two. I was like, "You're literally one size difference from me now." No, what's funny is my dad's always been skinny. Mm-hmm. Like he's the skinniest guy in the family, and uh, he wears a size thirty-three. So when I bought these thirty-twos, I called him fat. That <laughs> <laughs> felt so good. <laughs> yeah. I wore thirty-two. Well, um. Uh, about a year ago, uh, we uh, my wife bought me these pants because uh, we were doing a photo shoot, and she thought they looked cool. Well, they were too small for me, and then uh, I forgot I even had them. And uh, it was about a couple weeks ago, I walked out of my bedroom, and I was like, I didn't even know I had these pants, and I'm walking around, and uh, my wife was like amazed because uh, she said that uh, those are those pants that we bought you that didn't fit. And I was like, oh. these are the ones? I was like, yeah. So uh, that was the first time since March that I felt like, whoa, I'm actually accomplishing something. Because I don't feel like I've, I've dropped any weight, even though I've weighed in at one, uh, 204 and now I'm at uh, 180. I still don't feel like I'm there right. yet. Um, you almost develop a, like a, a psychological disorder because you, once you start seeing results, those results are so addictive and so like self-gratifying that you go – you want more. At some point, you know, it's not enough. It's so not when enough. you hit the it's plateau, it's depressing. Like, I'm mm-hmm. at one right now. I'm, I'm literally in the process of switching from one type of, I hate the word diet, but eating regimen to another. Yeah. I'm going I'm to start doing the time control eating more so than the, the, than the keto stuff. It's but. funny you mention that because uh, for one month, because I'm afraid that I've, I came to a plateau myself. Uh-huh. 
that uh, for one month uh, on when I start an all-liquid diet. It's the same diet that they give. I've heard about that, but I've never done it. Well, the reason I'm, I'm entertained to do this, uh, well, one, it came doctor-recommended, so this is not unsafe as it sounds maybe unsafe. I guess I'm on a liquid diet right now. I drink a lot of liquid. <laughs> it's just the wrong well, guy. Unfortunately, this, this liquid diet is no <laughs> alcohol, but it's the same uh, diet they, they uh, people that do the gastric band surgery right it's the same diet they put them on uh, like a week or two before the surgery like two weeks before the surgery by the way for the listeners if you hear like some heavy breathing in the background it's not just it's not just germ and my, my, this is my dog he he's got a bone and he makes a bunch of like loud awkward noises when we're recording and he's eating a bone and we were tap dancing but if I make him go outside, he's just going to scratch on the door, which is even louder. He's so like, we might as well. The door. Yes, so we might as well let him in. Um, Pig's I, like the mascot, though. He's, he's a senior he, citizen. He, he is. Yeah, he he's got more seniority than any of us at this point. Um, we're actually working for him. Yeah. <laughs> um, again, I don't want to talk about physical fitness all night. I mean, I do want to talk about it all night, but for the sake of the listeners that are steadily tuning out. I'm sure this is going to be edited because that went way too long. Uh, so. No, no, I love it. I mean, I got, again, I, I, my, one of my favorite shows is the one where we just talked about physical fitness, but it certainly wasn't the favorite of the fans. Yeah. They were like, are y'all ever going to talk about comic books again? All y'all ever talk about is lifting weights and eating stupid shit. <laughs> like, we did it one show. But uh, I was going to talk about sodas for a minute because um, – I've never been a soda guy, but I know a lot of people that struggled with like addiction mm-hmm. to sodas. And it's real um, too. Oh yeah. I didn't know that until I've I tried it. to quit. I was like, yeah, I'm quitting sodas. No big deal. Oh my God. That was. Yeah. Like, that's one thing I've just I been I blessed. Is been that been easier never... to quit than crystal meth or something. Even I when I even. That's one of the hardest ones. To and Mountain Dew. Yeah. Yeah. There's a whole documentary on Mountain Dew about how it. I used to have that problem. problem. It was like, you, you were telling me, Anthony, uh. I think the the doctor told you you're not addicted to Mountain Dew, you're addicted to sugar and caffeine that's caffeine. in the Mountain yeah. Dew. Caffeine says it tastes good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's making time. your brain say you yeah. need the Mountain Dew, but you really don't need the Mountain Dew because if you took all that out of Mountain Dew, you it's probably like, wouldn't like it. Like I was I was on the same boat with Rob at one point where I was like so addicted to Dr Pepper. Like if I went one day without a Dr Pepper, I always felt like I had the worst headache. I get a headache. But yeah. I have a simple cure to kick to kick that though. Uh, it it worked for me, and I had to do it twice because back a year ago when I did my first, you know, fitness fit there, um, I did it, and then I got fell off the wagon, obviously. But then when I went to do it this time, it was easier. But it's simple. It's, it's Cedrin migraine medicine because one, it's Cedrin has about three cans of caffeine in it. Yeah. And well, I would take. Well, couldn't you just what do, I would take do, like a five-hour energy drink to do the same effect or something like well, that? Well, I wanted to get rid of anything that had any type of sugar in it at all. Oh, and yeah, yeah. you were doing the blood pressure thing, so exactly. you needed to get away from caffeine. So I what I did is I would take two, and I wouldn't get a headache, and then I went to one, and then I got to where I can go all day without having to take one at all. I got where I was. I would only take one if I was getting a headache. Yeah. And then when I got, so it was about a two-week. So you're 100 percent caffeine free right now. 100 percent. Um, but what's interesting about sodas is if you look at it historically, like sodas were never meant to be 
a beverage you drank with a meal. It was like a treat, almost like a milkshake. Right. Like they only sold it in like uh, the malt shops. The, and the malt yeah, shops right. like, hey Pharmacies. kids, if you're good, we'll take you to the pharmacy. And we'll take you to the drugstore and let you get a Coke. You yeah, know, that's a way yeah. of life. Yeah. Yeah. We'll 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 scratch up a nickel and and get you a Coke <laughs> if you're good on your report card this week. And that was a treat. It was a because yeah, it was so much. It was so sugary. It was a, like almost like a dessert, but for some reason. America, <laughs> you know how we are with excess. It gets to the point where you're drinking, you know, six or twelve of these a day. That's mm-hmm. not what your body it, is meant to not. do. <laughs> like, and I think your your glucose and your uh, insulin levels they can't it can't handle that. I mean, I'm a very active person, very active. I mean, as much calories as I burn a day without even exercising, I shouldn't be overweight like I am. But I drink so many sodas. When I quit sodas, I got to thinking about how many sodas I actually drink per day. And I would, I didn't even realize it. I would drink one for breakfast because I don't drink coffee. I'll have like a mid-morning before lunch. I have one for lunch and sometimes even a refill. And then a late afternoon soda. And then two with a meal at night. And then sometimes even one before I go to bed. I was having almost seven sodas a day. Seven a day. Yeah, no wonder I was overweight. No matter. I mean, I... That's a lot of sugar. So you as active as, as I am. What's the most you drink a day on I the Mountain Dew? Seven Mountain Dews a day? If, if not more. Yellows, if not more. When I go to work, I buy four. 20 ounce to go to work on. So you still drink four? Yeah. I drink more coffee a day than I drink. So. I don't put anything in my coffee. So no, I got the caffeine, I but black. I don't yeah. I don't put any sugar in it. I drink my black. Yeah. Until it's next time. I'm telling you, put butter in your coffee. It's amazing. <laughs> put your butter. Hey, it's look up bulletproof coffee. It's a thing. Bulletproof coffee. I have to butter look that up. Coffee. Butter in the coffee. It's amazing. All right, I'm not gonna talk about physical fitness and dieting anymore. For the few listeners that are still there, they're debating on whether or not to turn the channel and go listen to something else. That probably wouldn't be as good as this. If you've turned it, come back. We're, yeah, if you've turned it and you can hear me somehow, turn it back. <laughs> Because we're not talking about physical fitness anymore. Friend me on Bit, Fitbit. I <laughs> Robbie R36. How does that work? Like, how do you? Uh, do you have to be connected to Facebook for people to find you? Because I didn't, I didn't know how to find you until you put your your email or whatever on. I think on. you have to know the email because the email. Yeah, that's the way. Yeah, because I don't have that many. So Fitbit the friends, friends that I got on my Fitbit was from their email. The only people I want a friend on my Fitbit there are people I can beat because I don't like getting beat. <laughs> That's something I figured out in life. So I don't like block, being defeated. When you, <laughs> I walked with it. When you block me now, I won't take offense to it now. So. No, dude, I was so depressed. And big shout out to Anthony and Laura. My uh, charge HR died. Oh, no. And to me, it died, died. And Anthony had been giving me a hard time about Harry Potter because, you know, <laughs> I say that Harry Potter is like soccer mom, nerd stuff, and you need to watch The Hobbit and Lord of the nerd. Rings. Yeah. Yeah, I, I did. I did what I just... You did what you just said. Uh, yeah, what I was just talking against, I did. I contradict myself. Like, that's hey, what, that's, the, that's the fun. That's the fun of this. <laughs> I get to contradict myself. Uh, yeah, we were, we, I, was, I was teasing him about Harry Potter and telling him he needed to watch Lord of the Rings instead. So he came over here and said, Mark, I got your birthday present. Which my birthday is like a month, two away. 
and it was wrapped and it looked like a VHS tape. And they said <laughs> it looked just like a VHS tape. So in my here. mind, we had just had that argument. In my head, he brought me a Harry Potter tape. <laughs> like a VHS. Because he thought he was going to be funny and bring me a VHS tape of Harry Potter. Which and is weird even, because nobody's been watching VHS for a long time. He picked the thing up and shook it and he goes, yeah, that's a VHS. Yeah. Well, It's funny, it's funny uh, we're talking about Fitbits, but mine died on the way over here, so I left it home on the charge. Um, so I don't, I don't even have mine on yeah. right now. Well, you're not walking out, so... Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're drinking beer. Can you grab all the beer he's empty? We like to keep him drunk. But he kept trying so he'll, to so he'll enjoy it. But yeah, no, I was trying to buy a new Fitbit because my Charge HR had died. Like, died, died. Like, this time I couldn't revive it. Like, I revived it. No, I had revived, revived it a couple of times. And I really liked the the, 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 the HR. You know, because it kept up the heart rate. It kept up my sleeping pattern. I love the steps, sleep calories. thing. Cause, yeah, Me like, too, because I I woke I up the other day and said, patterns. hey, um... Nice night of sleep. He died only like three times. That's, that's it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, you're like, your your charge HR shocked you and brought you back to life yeah. three times. And like, Thanks for so me. Oh, no, it's waking me up, so oh. I breathe. <laughs> so my, my charge HR completely died. And I had been telling Anthony and Laura that I've been on eBay, like, bidding on, like, new ones. Mm -hmm. And Laura came over here and she said, Mark, you need to open your birthday present. I was like, Laura, it's not even July yet. We're barely into June. She's like, well, you're going to screw it up if you don't. <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about? I don't care about that Harry Potter bullshit. <laughs> She's like, go open your birthday present right now. I was like, okay, fine. I opened it, and it's a brand new, like, Alta. Like, what that's is this like called? A, that's bigger than a charge. That's yeah. Like the, yeah. This yeah. is like the new, like. That's the Cadillac. I was like, God, dang, I had to open this the first night you brought it over, but I don't know what it was. <laughs> so I'm back in the game. Back in the game. And I was so depressed. Yeah, look, there's the box. Does that <laughs> not look like a VHS of Harry Potter? That's got Harry Potter all over it. The goblet to foyer. <laughs> <laughs> That's the most Harry Potter box Fitbit I've ever that. seen. He went like, he went and it rattled inside. It sounded like a VHS. And he goes, that's a VHS. And we had just argued about Harry Potter. I was like, they, they just they just bought me a gag gift. <laughs> but anyway, I was depressed because my steps just got, they suffered bad. Because I was with like two weeks without mm -hmm. anything. So I'm back in the game now. I'm climbing up. It's on. I know 90% of the time you beat my ass, but just know I'm on your six. Sometimes way. I love that message you sent me. You just simply said, I'm on your six. I was like, Yeah, I do. I do that. I taunt you, but I'm actually taunting myself. But if I didn't have that motivation, I would. I'm taunting myself. I would piss out too, man, if I didn't have that motivation. Someone to. I guess that's the best thing about the Fitbit is. I don't do the Fitbit because I'm not active. You're not a soccer mom? No. no. Oh, see, now he's that's revenge for the Harry Potter stuff. Yeah. That, that's what he, he's yeah, acting yeah. out. That's what he's doing. I, I've, I've heard it. He's act, He's lashing out. I've heard I'm it too. Active. But then when you lose weight, the ladies are jealous. They're like, Yeah, I'm not you're gonna lose weight. It's not easy for girls. <laughs> you're out that. soccer momming the soccer moms. <laughs> <laughs> if you would have known the crap, I look for anything I, I can do to pick on Mark about. Yes, it. because he gave me such crap about me getting a dressing at Hooks one night. Yeah. That was not a dressing. That was a D manhood. <laughs> <laughs> You got D-manhood. They brought you a razor with your raspberry vinaigrette and told you to shave your beard immediately. Yep. <laughs> you are not worthy of facial hair, sir. I need you to shave this right now before you eat a drop of this raspberry vinaigrette. See, this is what you do. Is like when you order, you're like, what kind of dress you want? Beer. Beer, yeah. yeah. Whiskey. But then when they walk away, go, don't make it. 
get raspberry. raspberry. <laughs> it's like, hey, hey, cold buddy. I gotta get to go to the bathroom. Change that. All right, since we've officially ventured away from physical fitness and we now have one person listening. <laughs> Perfect timing. Listen, Perfect timing. Let's ask about it. The big. Mm. The big. Oh. You just made it weird. Joe. Well, um, <laughs> yeah, since weird. he made it all awkward, I did come with a gift. <laughs> You came with a gift? In, in digital format. Oh, uh, snap. I did. Is I it okay to... A, can we... Are, are people still saying snap? <laughs> uh, I don't, we're old. It don't count. We're nah, nerds anyway, yeah, right? We got to keep yeah. our nerd yeah. qualification. Yeah. We gotta, it's uh, ironic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and not only that, it's going to be a complete exclusive if you decide to use this gift. Um, because we're still about four weeks away from the official release of this. So... You guys want to air a new song from oh, You're Seven? four weeks away from the official release of the song well, or the, single, the, the yeah. album? Oh, we're about six weeks away from the album release. Oh, wow. So yeah, that's actually pretty far along in mm -hmm. the process. I was bragging on you earlier today talking about the video shoot and everything, about mm -hmm. how that went. Yep, and I think this Friday is when a teaser is going to be released. So be on the lookout for that. Nice. Yeah, uh, we need to talk about the video because you were in it. Yeah. yeah, Sean was in it. Sean yeah, was Sean in it. It was really. Your cool. next video, promise me you'll do it at like six o'clock at night. <laughs> One hundred o'clock. That was do it at a hundred o'clock. You got it. You got it. Um, and and there will be a lot more videos. Um, that's kind of our new strategy as a band. Is this a that's a good strategy because that's where it's at now. Yeah. Like when people seek out a band, what's the first thing they do? Large they go to YouTube. Presence. That's yeah. just what they go to YouTube. To. And if you got, if all you have is a bunch of shitty cell phone videos from live stuff, yeah, like that's what they think of you. But if you have like a bunch of good professional videos, then that's what they see. And, and I have they, to and shout out to Sagey Productions because yeah, um, um, Sagey came down and he is absolutely amazing. Not not only is he a uh, great just videographer but that's not his specialty his specialty is really helping bands create their image that's the approach that he's taking for this he's more focused on that than he is even doing your video he's like when i finish this thing this is going to portray an image for you and your band that is marketable yeah. and that's why i like working with him so much uh so uh, yeah he came down from jackson tennessee and uh um uh, he worked hard. We got probably, no kidding, what should have been 16 to 20 hour shoot done in less than eight hours. Yeah. And uh, like I got there short. Man. Sorry, I'm so distracted by pig. <laughs> I hope that's not coming through the microphones. It may not be. <laughs> but it, like he's breathing so heavy and like making all these smacking noises, eating this bone. But like I said, if we make him go outside, all he's gonna do is bang on the door. We let him in. <laughs> We, we, he eats bones all the time, but we usually have the air conditioner on. And now everything, yeah, we don't realize how loud of a bone eater he is. At least he's not making that. <gasps> he will. He He'll make every noise. But the, the one thing I will say about, uh, what's it, Seiji? Seiji. Yeah. I saw it from almost beginning. I was like an hour later. I got there about 11 that morning. And every shot that he did, I sat there and I watched him. He was so professional about how he did it mm -hmm. like and like even when it came to the you and him directing like the me and sean parts and stuff like that uh brent giles even he y'all had this vision and like you explained it 
he explained it and then you reiterated it, bam, it happened. Oh, yeah. And that's one thing I can compliment. Um, usually, I'm super OCD and super hands-on with everything. I'm a DIY person. Uh, Damn it, we've been talking with. about Seeking 7 and I haven't done this yet. I'm uh, out of practice. Yeah, you had to practice on this this year. Hey, that, that was wasn't perfect. bad. Yeah. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I'm not going to try again in case it wasn't good. <laughs> yeah, don't jinx it. Anyway, sorry uh, I interrupted, but I had to do that. That was a great interruption. One of the best actually. Well, yeah, I mean, I've worked with you in the past on stuff. Well, that's the thing. Is like, it's like you, you let somebody else take over this. Under, under like a previous you know, people uh, that maybe I worked with or I would literally hand walk or direct their every single step of the way. But it wasn't like that with Sagey. I simply, one phone call to say, hey, this is my idea. It's very generic. What do you think? And uh, he knew exactly what I was talking about and he he ran with it. And so I literally didn't have to do anything but just show up and, and, and play the part, which um, when you got a professional guy like him, it's awesome. So shout out to Sagey. Check him out. If you're in a band, uh, I highly, highly recommend them, and uh, there we're uh, super excited about the release of this uh, video that's coming and out. And what, what's the date again? Oh, there's going to be a promo to be released uh, this Friday, and uh, um, I think we're uh, still about four weeks away from the actual single release. The, the first time I ever heard the song was the day that we showed up for the video show, oh, yeah. and I listened to it, you know, a hundred times. Oh, really? Yeah, you know, day, during that day. That, that day. Yeah. And, dude, within the second or third time, you're singing along with it. Like, it's that catchy where it's like you know what, you know, what's being said. And it's got that hook to it. And, you know, you and me have got the history and stuff with me being in the band with you and all. But I got to say, I am proud of this song for oh, you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Well, um, even Dakota and I were talking about that, that um, we didn't expect this. And, but by the end of the video, we noticed everybody that did come to the video, they were chanting along with the song. And what's so amazing about that is no one besides us three have even heard the song. Right. Uh, yeah, and by the end of the video, it, they were already singing with us. And yeah, I, me and Sean, I even looked at him at one point, and he was doing the, the, the chant part with us on the, that song. He was like belting. And I got that on video. So. Yes, you did. <laughs> Well, not only has Seeking 7 been busy, you're working on the new album, you got new videos coming out, but I'm like, you as a solo artist, you have been so busy. Like, I, I would think like when we were rolling hard, I would say was like uh, when Kill J was hitting the road, our heaviest had been around the verdict era mm -hmm. of time. And we were like, you know, rolling the gravy train with the biscuit wheel, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Like we were, we were pretty busy, but like we couldn't even hold a candle to like. Every time I turn around, there's a an event page and a and a flyer and a poster with you and or seeking seven playing like, literally like, how do you have a full time job? And I don't know have this other full time job. It's been tough, man. Um, I would literally, no kidding, I would get home at three in the morning and wake up at five and go to work. Two hours sleep. Yeah, and That's then do the same you. thing the next day, and, and still uh, do the five miles. Oh yeah, and I would, I, would, I many days that I've ran, even the days I was on two hours of sleep. Um, it's just one of those things like working out, going back to that, not to mean to. You just have to make yourself do it, and um, you know, I mean, 
Um, the whole reason that I ran in a position where I didn't even have time to work on this podcast anymore was because I knew that my band was suffering. Um, I needed to put more time in it. And every facet of a band that you could do, I needed to write music. I needed to record an album. I needed to play more. I needed to become a better musician. If I really wanted to take this seriously, um, I had to, to, to kick it into high gear. And that's the stuff that I was telling myself. And um, so I did. Um, I sat down and last summer uh, I wrote 27 songs. Wow. We recorded 17 of them. And we've picked twelve to put put on the album, and uh, so um, um, it, it's just one of those things that um, I made use of my time because I said, you know what, if I'm cutting other things, because I, I am a type of person. If you know me, you know that I'm telling the truth when I say I got multiple irons in the fire, and I had to take a few of those out so that I can finally get this done. And we didn't get as far along as the recording and production processes I wanted to of when we started booking again because we took a break right before uh, Christmas to, to do more work in the studio. And um, that break came and went. And we worked every night, but we still didn't finish. Um, but we started working really hard in January, and right now we are even booked through September. I don't. If you call the book Rob Solo or Seeking Seven, you're going to have to wait to September right now. And uh, I don't know how long that will last, and I don't even know how it happened because I was telling someone the other day. It seems like, for one, you've got good management right now. Yes. That, that's hard to find. Uh, shout out to Amber. Because most, um, most of the time, it, when you're a, like a local band, local artist, you don't really have a whole lot of money to throw around towards management and representation and stuff mm -hmm. like that. So usually you rely on people that are doing it out of the goodness of their heart. And, and it's, and know it's what hard to find people – that are good, know what they're doing, and we'll do it for free. And, I mean, and just not be just that. It's the even if you got paid to do it, it's the most uh, unrewarding mm -hmm. job that anyone can do for yeah. more reasons than one. For one, the ratios of even replies is about a hundred to one, meaning about every one hundred EPKs that you may send out for booking, you may get one response. Right. So if you're looking to book book ten gigs, that's a thousand emails you got to send. You know that's that's usually the typical uh, uh, feedback, and uh, uh, but you're right. Um, it's, it's a complete team effort, though, uh, and um, we it's it's a it's a combination of a lot of things. And I didn't expect it to to uh, for me to get this busy and for us to be in demand as much as we have. Uh, but I'm grateful for it. And again, I'm not so optimistic that it would last, but um, it's hard to to keep the booking tempo up that we're doing right now and finish this album out. So I, I, I got to apologize because for, I don't know how long we've been telling people new album soon, new album soon. And now it's got to a point where like, yeah, right. You keep saying that, but seriously, there's a new album soon. It's just that, uh, my goodness, we're, we're, we're pedal to the metal. Well, I mean, people can look at your schedule. If they just glance at your social, social media, They'll know you're not lying when you say, hey, we're busy. So, And, and I want to talk to you about time management because that's something that I'm dealing with right now myself in my life is that like like you, I have a full-time job mm -hmm. that I work, you know, 50 hours a week. And then I have to find time 
to do the podcast. I have to find time yeah. to do Kill Jay. And uh, like I, you just you were just talking about taking your family on vacation. Oh, so yeah. you're you're being a family guy. You're not letting that suffer either. You're balancing all of it. Have you just figured out a way to make it all work better, mm-hmm. or have you just managed your time better? What's your secret? <laughs> What's your secret? I need to know. Well, yeah, because I'm freaking out, man. I got a new Kill Jay album in the works. I don't want the podcast to suffer, so I'm like yeah. I'm 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 legitimately wanting some fuck some knowledge from you <laughs> well um well you hit the nail on the head already uh what what you just described is what you have to do uh for example this this vacation is something i i literally had to make myself do and uh and when i did i mean i didn't even so much as take my acoustic guitar with me i i totally left that world for a little while even though it was for a week and um i had withdrawals sure you know uh, I I saw a uh, open mic night happening at a bar down the road from our hotel, and I was so tempted to go to a pawn shop and buy a guitar. <laughs> just, so, I mean, just I mean, uh, it, I was having a bear. But then I look the around. The bear inspired you. If you <laughs> you wanted to take the bear you, with you. The the point of it is, is that you do you have to make yourself do it. Just like the running thing, you have. to. Most people say, well, I don't have time. And you're probably right. You probably don't have time. There's, I'm not disputing that fact, but um, you make time for it. Going back to my original question, you've just found a way to manage your time better. Yeah. Uh, no, don't get me wrong. You've allocated it better. I, I, or maybe, you stopped sleeping. <laughs> a little bit of, of everything. Well, you know, and again, uh, nothing in the world is, is easy. Uh, to say that I found a way and it's easy, that would be a, a misrepresentation. Uh, it's hard. Most people that when they see me, if I run into you somewhere, they ask me the same question. Hey, where y'all playing next? And usually I'm like, I don't know. Yes, I mean, cool. I wake up the morning and I have to look at my own calendar and say, what am I doing today? Yeah. Uh, I've, I've always been that way. Back um, when we were playing a lot of gigs, when I would do the same thing our fans would do. I would I, go on, on our website and look <laughs> and see. <laughs> I think I've got more traffic to our website to people that I tell them, like, they say, where are you playing next? I was like, uh, www.seeking7.com would tell you where we're playing right because I really don't know. Uh, I do forget really easy because uh, my weeks run into each other. And uh, But, again, I, I probably wouldn't trade it for world. I I feel blessed right now. As long as I've been playing music, and I've been playing music for a long time, I've never been this booked up. And I don't know if it's a fluke right now or if I'm really in that demand, but I'm eating it up for the moment, and I want to ride the wave as long as it's You're waving. doing the right thing, man, because in our line of work, momentum – is such a, a key thing and i think this momentum, momentum is, is is hard to it, it's hard to get it's not easy to maintain mm-hmm. but it's even harder to start and once it starts and you find yourself with some momentum like with the release of a new album or a, a tour that's going good or you're just running a bunch of dates together and you're getting good response when you see that momentum you have to lay into it you because you never know when that that peak will turn into a valley like that. What I'm most proud about it too is that it's not built off some, you know, generic hype. Uh, you know, like previous bands. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, maybe you understand what I'm saying. But previous bands um, will go into a momentum roll based off some sort of weird hype. Maybe true, maybe a little bit forged. But say something like the hype of uh, signing a deal to a record label or, or something like that. Well, that just gets people thinking in that direction. 
But this momentum that we have is not based off any of that. It's just straight up woodshedding, hard, hard work. work, out there on the grind, playing these four-hour gigs uh, night after night after night, and then waking up and doing it again the next week. Um, and that's what I like most about it is when I told someone earlier, they're like, hey, how do I book? And I'm like, well, here lately, I hadn't had to work at it. They all come to me. And that's that's based strictly on a, a, a reputation. And so anybody wants to know how to book a gig, go out there and don't suck. You know, yeah. not that I do, but go out there and work hard, and and then the gigs will come to you. People and like, yeah, people like good music. We and did a we did an interview uh, here on, uh, on the show. I, forgive me, yeah, we done so many that I don't remember which band this was. I'm sorry for my heavy breathing in the background, <laughs> by the way. I'm <laughs> big. Uh, but he made a comment one time. He ma he made a comment. He goes, um, the cliche question about what advice do you have for the up and coming musician? And he said, hey, don't forget about the song. Get in there. And that was my goal last summer. Was the I wanted to write a good song, and I wrote a, ended up writing a bunch of them because I didn't know which ones would be good or not. But uh, I wanted to the to. I just really wanted that to be the centerpiece and not anything else. The, right. The, the songwriting, you know. And, well, uh, uh, again, it's like I said, uh, people like good music. Uh, like, take me, for example. I'm kind of dialed into my, my certain niche of what I like. But if there's a genre of music being played that I don't normally listen to and it's being done well... It's going to get my attention. Mm -hmm. And you and I are both are kind of in the same wheelhouse of the, the style with the hard rock or the alternative, right. or whatever you want to call it. And that's not the most popular music to play in North Mississippi. Right. Or, or the Southeast at all. <laughs> we're not alt country. So we're not, you know. Uh, but but if, if, you do, if you go out there and you do good, even if it's not their cup of tea, they're going to realize it's a good cup of tea. Oh, yeah. And it's yeah. going to turn the heads. And, and uh, to your point, you know, I remember a time where we were begging people for shows. Mm -hmm. But when we were playing a lot, we were playing good shows, and we had a good album out, we had a good product, we didn't have to call anybody anymore. Right. They called us. Exactly. And that's, that's a lot better place to be in because yeah. it's... And all that is on... Uh, it's it's reputation-based. And where do you get a reputation it's not through hype it's through hard work and if you put in the work then then and i think that's the proudest thing i'm out is that i really felt that that's what we done we really went to the grindstone hit the woodshed really hard and and put in the work and you're not going to go anywhere sitting at the house and that's the biggest piece of advice that which i'm having to give to myself now because we're we're kind of stagnant but the but the bands the young up and coming bands that do come to me for advice from time to time the thing I tell them is just go play. Go you know? play. Uh, well, I mean, what, what was the uh, what, what's the actor's name that uh, he was coked out doing the just do it thing? Oh uh, yeah, some uh, Transformers. Oh yeah, Shalabov. Shalabov. They said just do it. I, I mean, that's kind of my advice to yeah. to bands. I'm like, go play, go play yeah. shows, play every show. Mm -hmm. uh, play especially it. if you're just starting out, play every show mm -hmm. because you're not gonna. You're not gonna get anything from sitting at home. No, no, you're not. Like, but well, but this show is not, and it, oh, this one don't pay good, or this one ain't. Yeah, well, what about the one you're not playing? What's that yeah. doing for you? And that's the that thing too. You is like, 
Well, for example, I was telling someone this the other day, is that um, I started playing this one venue where it's most certainly not the venue for the genre of music that we play. Right. Um, so I went in. Well, they heard my band. Did not like us. Did not like us at all. Because they call it the headbanging stuff, and that's just not what they listen to. Well, because they were regular at that bar, you and I did so many trash metal the time. I did yeah, that trash metal band. I did so many uh, acoustic gigs <laughs> that uh, we actually became friends, and he loved my acoustic stuff so much that one day, against his initial uh, a reaction, he bought my CD. Uh, and when he bought my CD, he came back to me to a week, and he knew every single song on it. Oh, then awesome. he heard our band a second time. He thought we were the absolute best band he ever, ever heard. Well, did we play any different than that first time, yeah. than that last time? No, it's that that's the point you were trying to nail home there, is like the more you play, you get to know people, and then people get to know you. And when they get to know you, that's when they'll check out your song. Yeah. You know, they, they usually tune you out or just immediately react. That's not what I listen to, uh, but when you when you create some sort of relationship with you and the people that that come out to shows, then at that point you win audiences. They're over. invested in you, and if you're a band that thinks they're that invested you can, their time in you, and they feel like they're a part of it. That's exactly. What you want. Well, the biggest fallacy is like if you put the, a band together overnight, and then you book a show the next week, and you get mad because nobody comes to your show, you got to understand that. You have to actually go work for that. Yeah. I mean, just because you're in a band doesn't mean that anyone gives a shit. Right. You, know? yeah. you got to, but after a while you put in the word, then they'll go, whoa, that's actually something. Um, and so that's my advice to up and coming bands. Is You never really stop paying dues. No. Like, you would like to think you do, but you just, even if you do stop paying dues, you just stop paying dues in that one area. Yeah. And you still got to pay dues in others. Like, with the, with the way, way it is nowadays, too, there is absolutely zero money in the industry. No. You debate me. Go ahead. Come at me. I don't care. But here's there the isn't. thing. Here's the thing, and I do argue with people about this because people say that CD sales are dead and that digital is the way to go. We've never made squat off of digital sales. Now, don't get me wrong. I've gotten some royalty checks from iTunes, but nothing to write home about. People still buy CDs for a local band. I mm -hmm. can't speak for like a national act or from an icon like Metallica or something like that. But but for a, a local or regional band, if you go play a really good show and you have CDs for sale at your merch table. They will sell. They will, they will buy. Do you know what doubled my CD sales? What's that? It's going to be the weirdest thing. Hang on, let me get my pen and piece of paper because I'm <laughs> suffering. <laughs> Cover songs. Yeah. Cover songs. Um, we, at this point, we know probably more than 70 cover songs. And we pick the popular stuff, not even the stuff we like. Just stuff that we know that... I've done enough acoustic solo gigs to know what gets a reaction. If I see... If I do one that sparks a reaction, I put a star beside that one. Right. And then when I go do a full show, after a while, I only play the songs that have stars beside them. And then... Um, when you do that, then you slip in one original, then you go back to that, another original, then you go back to that. By the end of the night, you didn't sold all your CDs. You're not wrong at all. In fact, I've told I've told people this several times. I'm too old now, but if I had a time machine and I could start over, Kill J would have been a cover band. Yep. 
And we'd have gotten all these gigs and all this money and all these bookings for playing other people's music. And what I would have done is I'd have wrote an album's worth of, of originals and I would just slide them in here and there until they got used to them and ease it in to where we weaned out the covers and weaned in the originals. But if I started that now, it would take me if you're listening more than my lifetime to work it in. <laughs> if you're listening to this and think that's bullshit, then I suggest you go listen to a podcast called Walking the Floor by Chris Shiflett. Chris Shiflett is the guitarist of the Foo Fighters. And more than one episode has Chris Shiflett said, if I had it to do over again, I would be a cover band. Yeah. And he says that more than one Can episode. Can you send me the link to that show? Sure yeah, will. I would like to sure will. To um, but uh, yeah, and he says that over and over again. He goes, I want to tell every band that I come encounter with is to learn cover songs. If I had to do it over again, that's the way I would do it. And he goes, but when you're young and you're naive and you like what you like and nothing else, he goes, you don't want to be a cover band. You definitely don't want the stigma of, hey, I'm a cover band. But here's the thing is that I may play covers, but I got the originals to back it up. Right. It's like when you're... When you see a cover band and they play all the greats and you go to their merch table, if they even have one and they have no original CDs, that's a cover band. Yeah. But when you're four albums into being a, a band and you're just playing crowd pleasers, then, uh, like I said, I don't feel guilty about it at all because I know that I got a merch table full of original music. Again, I would rather be playing gigs playing cover songs and sit at the house with my thumb on my ass. Exactly. <laughs> You've got Mark's gears turning. I can see it right there in his eyes. It's like, hey, germ. No, no, no. You don't understand. Some new no, no, no. You don't understand. Uh, me and Sean were talking about this the other day, too. Uh, we're working on an album right now, and we finally have the gears turning on it pretty pretty solid. Yeah. And we've, we've caught some traction with it, and we stalled out a couple of times because of the, again, the time management thing. Right. But I've, I've got my schedule figured out a little better now and I've got my head in the game a little better. So all my focus is on this new album, but the next kill J album after this one is going to be a covers album. Yeah. We're going to mm. do a yeah, complete album of covers. Day. That's awesome. And, and the cool wait. thing, the thing that's going to be fun about it is because at this point, like kill J's at that F U point, like, we're just doing shit for fun anyway. Yeah. Uh, all this is just for fun. So we're going to bring in like our friends. Like I'm, I'm going to put you on a song and like all of, uh, uh, all of our friends that are musicians we've made so many good contacts over the years. Like we're going to do a covers album. We're going to have like guest appearances on like every song. It's just going to be a big all-star jam party and we're going to record it and we're going to release it. We're going to have the best heaviest version of brown eyed girl you have ever, ever heard. <laughs> Yes. It's going to be your Garage Incorporated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kill Jay's I mean, Garage Incorporated. And we're going to record it right here. We're going to bring in, like, like I've already got ideas. Like, I, I'm going to hurry up Anthony's and get this cowbell. awesome album done so we can do the next one. Anthony's on Anthony's Cowbell. On cowbell. You're it. on Cowbell? Yeah, I can uh, uh, We always need more Cowbell. Yeah. But on the, uh, an outer note is that... Uh, um, can you hand me a beer? Uh, I'm super proud of the material that we generated um and how it came together and one thing that i'm most proud Dude, about I, and this doesn't interrupt mean you, even though i just did sean and germ came back from that video shoot and they had nothing but praise oh wow and i, I didn't know, know this by the way uh, sean you know sean will tell you if something sucks <laughs> yeah. he don't hold back you know he he's honest he's brutally honest like that's why me and him write so good together is because i can write something and he'll be like meh 
Yeah. <laughs> like he'll tell well, you something sucks in true, a yeah. heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Uh, not in a mean way, but he just he's you know bullshit. You mm-hmm. know he came back with nothing but praise about and that's that song. awesome. That makes uh, me feel so. Well. If, if Sean's if Sean's giving you praise and Germs talking about how great it is, well, um, I know I'm gonna like it because I'm a Signet Seven oh, fan. Great, great or not, it's just something that I'm most proud of of anything. I know every time you come out with a new work, you say, hey, we're the most proudest in anything we've ever done. But I can't stress that enough. I really mean it. And there's so many things that, well, most people these days don't give two craps about. But for one, um, there's uh, no sampling at all, not even doubling. Uh, There's no MIDI files in the entire record. Every sound that we make, we generated by real people yeah. real instruments real items we treated recordings just like i was recording on tape there's no stops there's no plugging in and punching in we no played it tracks with yeah none none of that uh the whole record the real drums and i tell you even how that happened because my original tent was just like i take the approach to every record i'm like we'll get the drums down and then i'll transfer the midi snap them to a grid and then we'll go start tracking the record and we got halfway through those drum drum tracking sessions and we stopped. I just said, stop right here. I want to do real drums. And so we stopped everything we're doing. I bought more mics. I uh, got another drum kit that we spent hours tuning. And we spent even more hours than that placing mics just perfectly, measuring how far one mic is from another to a snare so there's no uh type phase cancellations and we really just went the real approach like like we were in an analog studio even though we did record digital it doesn't mean anything we treat it just like it was analog and um so i hear so many people's records and i listen to their drums on it and it sounds good but i know that that's a midi drum and i know that ours is a human being yeah. and and that's and that's something that we carry through through the whole album i'm really really proud of that fact um, you know, it's like, going to be raw it's not going to be the modern sound everybody's like expecting but you know it's it's well, raw well what albums stand the test of time the overproduced stuff or the right. stuff like their original metallica albums that you can't even you, put a, a click track you know to and that because that's, it's all live that's yeah. what i was fishing to say is like literally and i can vouch for this it's like when i was playing in singing seven when we went and recorded with travis wyrick mm-hmm. you were like a sponge like learning any oh, little yes. trick you could uh, like hey aaron play <laughs> okay that's in the song now okay <laughs> Any little thing you can get for whatever you get, but everything was like mic'd drum wise, like full band. It was or it was like legit. It was not like somebody sitting here with a keyboard or a MIDI mm-hmm. pad, you know, doing it. Oh yeah, it was it was a real human being, and it some there was some doubling stuff in that. But you know, I came there away from Trav sessions discouraged but encouraged at the same time. Yeah. I was discouraged because he had a $40,000 miking unit just on the drums. And that's not including his little Neve interfaces. Right. You know, uh, and I was like, I could never afford that. There's no way. There's just not, it's just not possible, you know. And what made up for not having $40,000 worth of miking gear, then I would just MIDI the drums. I'm like, hey, here's how I get that million dollar drum sound without spending a million dollars. And, uh, but, uh, you know, uh, especially the way Jake approaches drums, he rather be that raw and yep. unpolished. And uh, and you know, 
I think that raw and polished thing that we mixed into the drums plus this playing style has came up with um, a band that sounds like nobody else. And uh, at least that's what I tell myself, and I'm super proud of it, and I really hope that um, when this thing drops that, that people dig it. Well, I don't know if um, if uh, real pop culture is going to play it, but uh, I did indeed um, bring a uh, a single. And if uh, you if will they hear do, it, we'll play it. You, you will, will hear, it. hear it right after this interview. And uh, hey, look, we're gonna cheers to it right now. Toast to yeah. It. Anthony just brought us a shot. Uh, what is this, Jack? Gentleman uh, Jack? Jack Daniel? Buffalo Trace. Buffalo Trace. Ooh, Buffalo Trace. Thank you, sir. And that pig. moment of silence, at least Pig ooh, kept ooh. us going. At least Pig is his he- heavy breathing. One more thing I want to talk to you about but as we wind down, and the only reason I say wind down is because talk about time allocation. we got to work in like six hours. <laughs> I have to go to work. Uh, you, One thing that Seeking 7 has changed is you've, you've kind of just like committed to the three-piece thing, and it really works for y'all. Like. There's no way I could do it because I'm not a good enough of a guitar player. But you, most people, when they see a band on stage, they see your typical rhythm, lead, singer. Most of the time the singer plays rhythm or sometimes bass. But you have like a bass player, a rhythm player, mm-hmm. uh, a, a, a lead player, a drummer, you know, a traditional band. Mm-hmm. But, but with you, what Seeking Seven is doing now is you're holding down all the guitar parts, all the vocals, uh, Dakota, of course, is. Uh, oh, he's tremendous. He's a he's Jake a beast and, on the bass because he's kind of playing rhythm and bass at the same time. Is. And you're backing vocals. Of course, Jake's a beast, but you're you're sticking with the three piece format. Well, I went into it wasn't planned. Um, that that is the truth, and um, we went into it kicking and screaming. Is maybe I think I held back for a long time for doing it because I didn't want. I thought we're We've always been a guitar band. We need lots of guitars. We got to have it, you know. And plus, I'm playing and singing. And and one day, I I really told myself mentally, I was like, "You really wussing out here. Just buckle up and learn those parts." And when we found our place, found ourselves without another guitarist again, we're like, "Well, we got so many shows booked. We're just going to keep those obligations. We'll worry about finding someone later on." But at that point, we were forced to do the three-piece thing because we just hadn't had time to bring in another guitar player. And honest, I had some feelers out there, and I've even asked a couple folks, but nothing serious. But the more we practiced and the more we played shows, the more natural it felt. And becoming a three-piece wasn't a planned thing. It was more like it happened, and it felt supernatural. And now I really, honestly, uh, uh, I can't visualize this another way. Um, it really works for y'all. Like, I'm, I, I definitely see. Like, even when I listen to, uh, like, I, I love Pantera. Yeah, I'm a huge Pantera fan, but they were really true to their th- their one guitar sound. In that, even when they recorded albums, when the solo started. The there wasn't a backing out. rhythm, mm-hmm. which most people would dub that in. Right. But they were like, no, we're a one-guitar band. <laughs> yeah, they, we, they were a one-guitar band. But even even with Pantera, I was like, it would have sounded thicker if they'd have had that, you know, that rhythm playing while the solo. 
But then again, there's some bands that it just worked. It just yeah, it sounded fine having. Like I, I love Seether as a three piece. I've oh, seen yeah. Seether live yeah. like seven or eight times, and I love seeing them with three piece. I loved uh, uh, obviously Nirvana. Like I could I could make a list a mile long of three piece bands, and sometimes with some styles of music, it just my empty soul. Uh, and, yeah, yeah, and with, with y'all, I think like if you'd have asked me before I heard it, I probably would have said, in all honesty, it'll sound fine, but it'll sound better with a rhythm right but now that i've heard it i'm like this is y'all sound <laughs> i like to think so and you know um i like to say this too the proof's in the pudding the last few shows that we've done uh shout out to jackson tennessee it's like our second hometown love all you guys in jackson we get the best response when we go to jackson it's so awesome um but the number one comment that we played last weekend in jackson we play with two other bands and these bands were great, but they were all bands that had two guitar players in them, and they were bigger, more people. And then he goes, and you guys got up there in this three-piece, and y'all sounded bigger than yeah. everyone else. That's a comment that they they thought out. That wasn't a comment that was just, it wasn't what I call fluff. You know, fluff, the people get up yeah. to you and say, when you get off stage, they just tell you something. But they're like, everybody was saying the same comment. You guys sound so big, so huge, and you're only a three-piece. And... Uh, I, like I said, the proof's in the pudding, I think. Um, and like I said, I would be or, or already had replaced or got a new guitarist or be looking and begging people to come and play guitar for us if it didn't feel so natural. But it got to a point where we did a couple shows as a three-piece, and it felt like that's what we needed to do. And, and I think I realized personally that I was just so afraid to do it for so long, and now I'm just I've shaken that out i'm not hey afraid man, to if do it either. works it works because it's so much easier to go on the road with three people than well, it i can is. tell you one like, thing about being a three-piece if you don't have there a, was a time when we wanted to take everybody with yeah, us yeah well, us too we were we six, found that real quick that is not awesome we had six <laughs> members at one time and it let was a party, nightmare let the party happen after the show you don't want to take it on the road um but um yeah and and like i said and it goes without saying that um uh, that to be a three-piece, you cannot do that without an amazing rhythm section. And uh, well, I mean, let's I be mean, honest. That you, they make it, that make there, it happen. They're the reason you can be. There's a, three a piece. lot of bands out there, and I don't mean local. I mean, like, there's even like famous bands that have a couple of really talented members, and then a couple that are just kind of along for the ride. Right. They don't suck, but they're they're fine. You know, they're okay. They play the part. Yeah. They play their part. They do their job. Well, in your band, everybody's a 10. Uh, you know, Jake's a 10 drummer. You're I feel like I'm like... You're a 10 guitar player. You're, I feel Dakota's like I'm a 4.2. Well, Dakota. And Dakota and, and Jake are both 11. He's but he's a 10 backup <laughs> singer. Like, when I did Pitiful Me with y'all... Uh-huh. Uh, I made sure because there was only one extra mic that I held the mic for him for him to do his harmonies. Because, because yeah, he's locked you, in on those harmonies. You had to have those <laughs> harmonies there. Like those are great, great backing. I'm not kidding when I say I think though both Jake and Dakota are 11s. I'm like the 4.2. But see, I can with a rhythm section that good, I can be a 4.2. You know, because <laughs> they're so good. I have to do very little. Uh, but they're they're amazing, uh, and we're so proud. So be on the lookout uh, for our album. It's called What Few Remain. And uh, I'm looking for so it to come out. that's the official title. Of the album, yep. 
Yeah. Uh, what are you doing as far as artwork? Because uh, to me, when I buy an album, it it's it's like buying a comic book. Like it's an experience. I like to get the CD. I open it. I pull out the liner notes. I flip yeah. through the booklet. I'm gonna be honest. I smell of it. I'm a huffer. <laughs> I have a problem. I'll go to rehab for it one day. But uh, I, I like looking at the artwork and all that. And, and y'all are notorious for having really like awesome artwork on your. Oh your well, albums. I don't like you had a painter like do. Yeah, uh, Morgan, she's amazing. Um, and what's it's funny you asked that. I didn't think I was going to get asked that question because this week is what I turned my well, focus on. Well, I am on. a pretty good interviewer. Ooh, I ain't trying to break. Not bad. <laughs> but um, I focus so much on the production value of this album at this point that I gave no thought to the artwork until this past week. And uh, matter of fact, I generated a couple um, potential ideas to uh, the band earlier, and it was just one of many. And they were like, mm, I like where you're going. But I'm actually looking to uh, actually do what I used to do in high school. And I'm going to pull out the, the paint and the brushes myself. And I want to see what oh. I can come up with. It. So I don't know. Uh, um, that is being worked on now as we speak. But like I said, the reason that I'm – usually I would have already this part of it figured out. But I, was, I put so much time in the production value of it that, um, that I'm just now getting to that point. You know, isn't it funny? Like, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. You pour your heart and soul in into this project, and then when it comes time for, like, the little things, which are actually big things, right. like, um, what are you going to put for the, uh, uh, when they pick up the CD, what's that called? The tray insert. Yeah. What's going to be there? And you're like, I, I, I don't uh, know. But what are you going to put on the back? What are you going to put on the front? Like, where are you going to get the artwork? You can't just steal something off the internet because that's illegal. You, have to, <laughs> you know, like, you have to do, do copyrighted stuff. And and it's things that people don't think about. Like, yeah. when people buy a CD, they don't realize that every molecule yeah. of that thing they're holding mm -hmm. is from scratch. Yeah. Like exactly. everything, everything well, had to be designed. Everything had to be created. Back when we released a single uh, called "Wonderful Pain," um, we did a. That was debuted on Real Pop it Culture. It was. It sure was. When we released that single and it had a cover to it, uh, one day I told Dakota what that, how I came up with that cover design, and uh, he was amazed. Even he didn't know all the subliminal messages that I put in that. You had backward actor. masking in your um, artwork. Yeah. I like that. So, uh, so metal. <laughs> so he was like, now it took on a whole new meaning for him. He goes, now I know what the cover means. That makes the song mean even more. And, uh, you know, and here's the thing is, is a mark of you of all people. I mean, this, if anything, this album is dedicated to, to what you've done to the local music scene for the music scene doing for the music scene and what kill j has been and done and is still doing but um it's you know exactly what i mean when one day you start a band a dream and you run with so many other bands and one day you stop you look around and there's not anybody around right and uh and that's what the theme of the whole album is i wouldn't call it a concept album but that that running theme is through every song and that's what i'm saying lyrically is that I woke up and I looked be around. Of a concept album. I, I looked around and realized I like there's concept not, albums. There's not many rock bands around anymore, and what few of us remain, and that's the concept of this new album. We're so excited to get it out. Nice. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. It's a it's a call to arms. So all you musicians out there, fire those bands back up. You know, go ahead and do it. 
Don't do it for money. Do it because you can't live without playing. That's me. Uh, I, I would say that I'm not going to play anymore because I can't make any money. But uh, one weekend not playing, and I'm like, you know what? Screw money. I got to play. I have to play. There's people that, that come up to me all the time. They're like, hey, you've been in a band forever. Like, you know, I play guitar. Uh, I don't know. Like, I'd like to get a band together, but blah, 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 blah. I'm like, what have you got to lose? Yeah. Because the only the only kind of regret I hear out of people, and this is me, what, 142 million thousand years into the music <laughs> business, I've never heard anybody say, I regret the time I spent playing music. Yeah. Never. Nobody has ever said that. Mm-hmm. You know what they say? They say, I regret sticking my guitar in my guitar case and shoving it under my bed and leaving it there for 12 years. And not doing anything. And not doing shit. The six years I quit playing I hate myself for not doing music. That's what I hear. I felt that I lost. I don't hear people go, I hate I chased that dream. I hate. I've never heard anybody say they regret pursuing music. Yeah. Because it's so rewarding. Like, even as a quote-unquote failure. Like, there's so many people that would look at me and say I'm the classic example of a failure in music. I don't but think so. yeah. there's just as many people that will argue and say I'm the perfect example of a success story yeah. in music. Because there's no way to fail when you're playing music. There's an, uh, and that's the biggest fallacy. Again, Josh Hom of Queens of Stone Age had an interview, and he made this quote. And he goes, if you expect anything out of music business, then you're already doing it for the wrong reasons. Yep. And, and call, I mean, some people will call that sellout. But the point of it is, is when you get in a position, as I mentioned earlier, when you can't live without playing, you don't care if you make anything. Right. You know, it's uh, most people love the idea of being a rock star. And they love the idea of, they love that attention you get or whatever. And then there's some people that don't, care about any of that they just want to create art and and i feel that if you just leave that other stuff alone and create an art then you will you will look at other music differently as well not just your own van gogh's like what the top three or four most famous painters of all time he died of failure oh yeah he Uh, died he when he died he was a failure as an artist yeah even van gogh was after Mm -hmm. Isn't that what I said, Van Gogh? It is Van Gogh, yeah, that yeah. you're speaking of. Years after he died, his fam- his paintings became famous. He, yeah. There's a story, and I, I guess it's true. He tried it because he would go to the bar a lot like I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not comparing myself to a famous artist or anything. But he tried to pawn off one of his paintings for an extra beer. And they they told him to go away. But that painting now <laughs> is worth work. like more than 50 breweries could beer and uh, brew in a hundred years. Bradley like, Noel, Bradley Noel of sublime died before any of his singles ever made top 40. And after he died, he had six singles that hit top 40 or better. This is, this is what I say to people when, when, when they, they think of, you know, rock, especially rock and roll. For some reason you think like fortune, fame, swimming pools movie stars i'm like this isn't 1984 no this is 2018 and to your point if you're doing this for that yeah you might want to try something else (laughs) (laughs) be a pop artist i mean but you know you know the reward you get from this goes way beyond money yeah way beyond money Mm -hmm. i didn't think of this in terms of what is the radio formula right now 
what is the uh do you uh, think metallica gave a shit about the radio formula not till um there's that some kind of monster but they were all <laughs> they were already that, no. made yeah. like all every band yeah. you can think of that is not rich and famous but legendary mm-hmm. like bands that people will be listening to 100 years after we're dead didn't give a shit about mm-hmm. popularity they didn't give a shit about money they didn't give a shit about it wasn't a popularity yeah. contest. They were doing it because they, they were wanting to write, perform, record, and play music that Absolutely. they liked. Absolutely. And there's no doubt with this album that we broke every rule that every record label told producers you must follow because this is what's selling right now. Because we didn't care. We did what came natural to us. And, uh, again, at the end of the day, uh, that's more rewarding than than going and spending the, the fifteen thousand dollars on a producer to, the only way you to could mold you into what sell out in music right. is to write some music that you think might make you more money. Mm-hmm. Um, I would walk on stage with a NASCAR uniform covered in patches of sponsors. I don't <laughs> care, but I'll never ever compromise. Boom. The music. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll be a a a corporate whore. If you want to, you know, pay me some money, but I ain't gonna change the music that I write. So you guys want to hear it? You guys want to hear the? We're new gonna singer? play it right now. We're gonna play it right now. Rob, thanks so much for stopping by. It oh, it's was been so good great. catching up with you, man. Look, we were just talking, Anthony, weren't we? Last night talking about. I've changed my outlook on the length of the podcasts. I used to think like you need to do an hour. Yeah. Leave them wanting more. Leave them wanting more. But all the podcasts I listen to that, that I've been into lately are like two, three hours long. Yeah. And, and if, if, this, if you can't finish it, finish it the next day. Like, exactly. You know, there's a lot of podcasts I don't listen to in one sitting. No, I drive 40 minutes to work, and if I don't get it that 40 minutes, I get it on the way home or a part of the, yeah. the next day. And you're into the recording stuff. You mm. know how to record things. You are the recorder of recording things. <laughs> if you ever have something to say... Hit record, talk, email it to me, and we'll talk. Hey, I'll, the do that. I'll do Just that. I'll do that. Just check in, a check in from Rob from time to time. We'll hey, don't forget to call show. in on the voice line. Do the voice. Oh, line. I've been wanting to do that. I do have. There was something I wanted to say on hey, it the other day. Do I it. forgot it now, but would you like a Deadpool mask? I would. Oh you're yeah, I can. You're legible. You could totally I have a reputation for winning things yeah, on this uh, show. You're, legible. you're totally you're legible. legible. We can read you. We can read you. Well, if this podcast went a little long, uh, it's because mainly we've been reminiscing because it has been a while. I'm totally so. fine with it. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm gonna I'm gonna edit very little of this out. <laughs> um, introduce the song for us because I have no idea. I've never heard it. Um, <laughs> this song's called "Crucified." It's our first single off the new record. What for you remain? All right, hit the ding 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 ding. ding. Oh yeah, we gotta have the bell. You gotta do it Put one more time. Spot. Hey, let me stretch. Let me get the shoulders. Seeking7.com. That's pretty good. That second one was pretty good. He got it. He got. He nailed it. He still got it. Since you recorded it, you can put it on repeat. You know, you can loop it. And (laughs) thank you, Rob. Thank y'all for having me. It's been awesome. Love you guys.
Shadow Stalkers Paranormal is a nonprofit organization, a level-headed team with a knowledgeable background who tries to explain and debunk, not taking things solely as paranormal. They try to help their clients with an understanding about the paranormal. Shadow Stalkers Paranormal also gives back to the community by way of sponsorships such as this one, fundraisers for historical sites and individuals with terminal illnesses. They strive to make their team better and make a difference. You can find them on Facebook, facebook.com slash shadowstalkersparanormal38821. They're ready to believe you. I guess I need to explain to everybody what we're doing. Um, you know how I, I said at the beginning of this episode that we're doing everything in order and there was no time travel? Well, that fell apart pretty quick. <laughs> pretty quick. Um, now, after the interview, a friend of ours called in. We were in the middle of doing the outro. And uh, we had a surprise guest call in, and we wanted to talking to him for so long that I couldn't fit it on this podcast. So it's going to be a big part of the next episode. The good news is the next episode is going to come out pretty quickly because I've got so much material already for it. And I may try to do upload this tonight. So this will be what, episode 94? 94. 94. Yep. And we're doing the, uh, the around the bar style of outro. That's pretty cool, right? Yeah. We like it around the bar. We love the bar. And it's early. Yeah, I was going to say we weren't even drinking, but then Germ broke out this Jack Daniels, and I was drinking a cup of water, so I just poured the Jack in my water, and yeah. now I got grown-up Kool-Aid. I walked in with a beard. <laughs> you walked in with a beard. You were ready. <laughs> well, I just woke up. I've been up since, like... I'm eight, proud of you. I was eight. thoroughly thinking that we would be hearing you snoring in the background of this podcast. Nah, we woke yeah. up. Well, Sean came in and jumped on him. Oh, did he? Yeah. You he literally would've. jumped on him? He would have. Oh, he he was starting to say. He up. heard Sean and he got up. Yeah. So no. I was already up because I've been <laughs> bantering back and forth with y'all for since, what, 2 o'clock? Yeah. Because I got here a little after, too. Yeah. Like we said earlier in the podcast, uh, we've kind of given ourselves permission to make the shows a little longer. But if I had to put that interview on with this one, man, yeah. it would have been a... Better have nothing to do for a while. <laughs> but that puts us closer to 100, though. So that's good. Yeah, it pretty much knocks out two episodes in one. Just about. Look out. That won't be the only thing we do on episode 95, but that'll be a big part of it, yeah. So, so definitely uh, tune in next week for that. And... Uh, should I tell them who called in or make them wait? Make them wait. Make them, make wait. them wait. I mean, I, they should already the know. The suspense is killing them. It is? No. They're fine. You can give them, <laughs> give them a hint. They've already forgot I said something. <laughs> Just give them a hint. What? You said something. Um, I can't think of a hint to give that wouldn't make it obvious. So like it would give it away. Oh, okay. That's what I figured you would do when I said a hint. Oh, you thought I'd give it away? Because I'm not good at hints. Right. They just have to wait till next week. Yeah. 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 Sorry. Y'all need sorry. to call our freaking call-in line, man. We haven't had very many people register for the mask. I'm like, this... You ought to be all over that. This is a mask. You can wear it. You can put it on display. You can... <laughs> you can do that if you want to. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to even throw in a wall mount. That's um, right, yeah. To display it with if they want to display it. I guess and, it depends uh, on the size of their head whether they can wear it or not. And then second place, you get a Stranger Things baseball cap 
a CD audio book from Graphic Audio. You get a... Where's the bell? Oh. We forgot to bring the bell over. I don't know. Oh, I, got it. I forgot to ask you how... Uh, have you checked out any of the new stuff from Graphic Audio that they sent us? I'm still listening to uh, Infinite Crisis. Or is it Crisis on Infinite Earths? It's Crisis on Infinite Earths. Yeah. You get a Stranger Things hat. You get Graphic Audio. You get real pop culture stickers. We're going to throw in a Kill J CD. Uh, what else? There's something else. Tons and tons of stuff. We might throw some bottle caps in there, too. Might get clean out underneath the bar and just start chunking trash in it. Yeah. <laughs> and then the third place is the same thing except without the Stranger Things hat. And then there's that something else that I can't remember right now. Isn't there a sign something? Mm. I, I honestly don't I remember. I thought we had something signed. Or we might have been talking about getting something signed. We're really close to the launching the Patreon thing. I've already got the landing page, but I haven't got it <laughs> launched yet because we don't have our tiers set up. Uh, not T-E-A-R-S, but T-I-E-R-S. I'm, I'm glad you, you, you know, yeah. The English language is very tricky. Yeah. Thank God we got grammar Nazis out there waiting to correct us. <laughs> grammar Nazis. That's what you call them. What do you call them? Grammar bastards. Grammar bastards? Because they have bad grammar. People like to be right. And they like to. They really like it when other people are wrong. Am I getting a grade? Yes. And on Facebook you are. Yeah, I'm thumbing uh -huh. you know, Are they grading it? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'll delete people off Facebook if they feel <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I don't I can't so I can't don't stay corrected. Nope, you're gone. You can't <laughs> win this. So what else we got? We we'll probably need to make this quick because we had like a two-hour interview with Rob. Or the yeah. show's over two hours right now. Oh I wow! That. I know that because I've already edited it. All I like is this part, which depending on what time we do the taco bar, I may try to edit it down and release it this evening. Because once the taco bar starts, I'm tapping out for the day. Yeah, we're done. I'm all taco bar for them. I'm all in. <laughs> all in. When you have a when you have a taco bar, you just go all in. This it's another classic example of when we cook the complicated crap instead of simple and easy stuff. Yeah. It's not. It's just a bunch of easy stuff. <laughs> Sean's flipping the bug off. Call that fly. I had a fly flap in here. <laughs> I don't know what fly flap. Fly yeah, flap. That's what my mama used to call three it. Times quick. <laughs> my mom Clingy used to call it the fly flap. It was, was insulting me with its freedom. Fly, <laughs> <laughs> it's a fly flap, fly swatter. Swatter. America. Yeah. <laughs> what do they call them in Nebraska? Flies. <laughs> <laughs> the thing you kill it with. <laughs> oh, fly swatter. Fly swatter? Yeah. Is that what, not what they call it? Anymore? I've never, I've only fly heard flap. it called fly flap. Fly flap, really? <laughs> yeah. We call wow. it fly waters, but. Nah, that was fly Say flower. cauliflower. Cauliflower? Yeah. Cauliflower. Cauliflower. A lot of people in the South take out the I, uh, and it's just cauliflower. It's cauliflower. Oh, it's cauliflower. I don't eat it. Say Smithville. I can make you some cauliflower mashed potatoes, and you will think they're mashed potatoes. We're made from potatoes no, that are mashed. Yeah, you will. Okay, I'll tell you what. I'll blindfold you. Challenge accepted. You say, just try it. You we'll say, do okay, a double blind study blind. on you. A double blind. Because <laughs> we'll blind you twice. You're going to be blind. <laughs> blind. Blind. Yes. blind you in both eyes. 
How do you say Smithville? Smithville. Well, I used to say oh, Smithville until I realized. S M I F F U A. I started yeah. saying because I I was raised in Smithville and everybody said Smithville, but then when I realized how terrible that sounded, I started pronouncing. Well, Smithville. they do it in Starkville like crazy. Starkville, 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 yeah. Star- Star- Vegas. Oh, don't even. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Start. They say they don't ESPN. Do they? Yeah. Yes. You can even gamble in Starkville. Apparently, they've never been to Starkville. I hear people say Starksville. Yeah, Starksville. It's at Starksville. Or Walmarts. Oh, God. Yeah. Walmart. That's what my grandma used to say. Walmarts. It's like putting an R in Nintendo. Yeah. I like how Sean's leaning into that oh, mic, my daddy took but it's not out. picking up. <laughs> yeah. That mic's on that computer. We're doing, we got two setups going right now because we're testing the new gear. So this is being recorded twice. So you can listen to it so differently. It's all my tracks. And you just slide it over to that. <laughs> <laughs> There'll be a remix edition of yeah. episode 94 out there. <laughs> It's just me. It's like, I like the original better. It's I don't know. I like the, the new one. <laughs> yeah, it'd just be the outro. Which it's going to take a little while to get this fine-tuned in. Well, at least you got something to play with now. Some material. <laughs> something else to play with now. <laughs> yeah, we're not even drunk on this one. Well, we've been drunk on the last, what, two outros? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And we're sober. We, we we're just, actually sober We right just now. started drinking. Yes. So all those <laughs> corporate sponsors that uh, were putting away their checkbooks after hearing our last couple outros, you can get it back out for we're now. Sober boys, you can get it. You can pull your checkbook back out. Start getting ready. Don't worry. By the next outro, we might have a little buzz. Yeah. All right. I guess that's it. Thank you for listening to Real Pop Culture episode 94. We're broadcasting from high top, the first and only floor. Do I ring a bell when I say that? Yeah, no. You say it when you say the. What? Where are we at? Kill J Ranch. You just messed up the flow germ. No, he says Kill J and then he hits it. <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> he just does it sporadically. Yeah. Sometimes you do it. You gotta feel it, I guess. If it's yeah. forced, it just it ain't, it ain't gonna work. It's like. Fart. Start over and do it again. I mean, I'm, but uh, I'm still forcing it. It's not coming naturally. Okay. That's the problem. Let me try again. Just try again. the bell this time. Thanks for listening to Real Pop Culture, episode 94. We're broadcasting live from high top, the first and only floor. We have to. It's an attic. That's still up doors. again. <laughs> still two floors. Every time. I do it on every episode until he starts saying That's an attic. Floor. That's not a floor. Yeah, it's not you a floor. don't have a two-story house. You have a house and an attic. <laughs> Still a floor. You're ruining it has a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just have a soundproof room in our, in our podcast area. On <laughs> <laughs> the room you said you were going to lock me up in. Is that germ switch? <laughs> I'm, I'm leaving all this in there. I'll just beep out your F word. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to be tall. Look at you. Say, say you get say that right uncensored, uncensored version. Say, right, say the uncensored version for the Patreon. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> you got to pay for our cussing. <laughs> <It's right. laughs> oh, you going to try it again? No. no he's going to keep no. it. This going. It's done. All right, I got a sip of whiskey. I'm going to do it again. Thanks for listening to Real Pop Culture, episode 94. We are broadcasting live from high top, the first and only floor.
You don't even have to talk and mess it up. <laughs> oh, wait, Sean was eyeballing me wrong. Let <laughs> <laughs> me eyeball you right, boy. <laughs> 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 See, we ain't got to be drunk. <laughs> it's worse when we're not drunk. <laughs> yes. This is terrible. <laughs> the first and only floor of the I Real Pop Culture Studio at the Kill J Ranch. Yes. Love you, bye. See you later, bye. Love you, man. Later. Sean, do you have a thing that you say? Nah, man. Taco bar! <laughs> <laughs>